Hey, 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 it's Mark here. Welcome to another episode of Talking Joe. Today, we will be talking to Paul Ferenc about his amazing collection of original G.I. Joe art. This show was originally recorded as a YouTube live stream, so you can find the video as well as the audio over on YouTube. But if you just want to listen to the audio, please go ahead. That's what this is for. You can head on over to patreon.com slash talking joe and you'll find a post there which also has a pdf of all of the original art that we're talking about um i think that's everything so sit back relax and enjoy the show sketchbook sketchbook here's my sketchbook I can show it to you if you want to have a look. Sketchbook, sketchbook, here's my sketchbook, and now I will stop this song. And hey, 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 we are here live, coming at you. I am Mark, and as that indicates, uh, it is another sketchbook special, and we are looking at the original art collection of Paul Ferenc today. So very exciting. We are streaming this live. So if you are watching live, you can join in by sending us your comments. So you can type in on the Facebook group or on the YouTubes, uh, just like Sergeant Slaughterhouse. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter Slaughterhouse has indeed. So uh, welcome back. Good to have you on board uh, again. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, not all about me. Here we are joined by a special guest, and if you have joined the show before, you know that uh, if you're a special guest, you get a jingle. Our next guest is no exception. He's not seen this before, so here we go. Have you ever had a theme tune before? No, I love it. <laughs> Everyone needs one. Me uh, with my and... grill. That's great. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so so yeah, as as the uh as as the jingle indicated, you are you are here. And uh am I close to approximating this the pronunciation of your surname? How would you yeah, how would you say it? It's, it's um it rhymes with parents, so pharynx. So excellent. It's but it's been called, it's been said a whole bunch of ways. So, excellent. Ferenc, Ferenc. <laughs> oh, no, Ferenc. That's hard on Ferenc, the, uh, on the Ferenc. Yeah, I mean, it's, I just say it rhymes with parents and then people get it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and we've got uh, another chap who is waiting in the wings. Give us a thumbs up if you're, you're ready or shake your head rapidly if you're not. Thumb, those that looks like a thumbs up. So uh, here we go. It's the man himself. J J J J J J J J J J J Making hey. long-awaited return to the live stream. Right. <laughs> you doing, Mark? Good. Nice to have How you. you uh, Good. You had to get your uh, laptop booted with the Windows updates. Oh, I can't ever use it except when I'm doing this. Right. So if I was smart, I would start like a couple hours beforehand and get everything up to date. But uh, yeah. mine's waiting to be rebooted. I scheduled no, it. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. 
all yeah. of that. My my computer was sort of trying to open things today, and it was all going a bit slowly. And I was going, uh, not what yeah. I need. Um, but uh, Paul, um, you know, there's something very tantalising there in your in your background of your of your screen. So sure, oh, yeah. I think it's only fair to give us a bit of a tour. What's going on in your in your room? Okay, so. Um, Basically, what I did was I started collecting mocks, um, starting like with the 82s up there. I only have a couple 82s, and then moving down to 83s, um, and I have the loose figures for each one, too. Oh, look at all those snow serpents. <laughs> oh, yeah, I started army building, too, but I, I did it a few years ago when they weren't as expensive. As you know now, everything's like skyrocketed through the roof. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, some storm shadows and... Some army builders of uh, crimson Ooh. guards. It Snow looks serpents. like you've got about a million eels and uh, tiny vipers yeah. on the. So yeah, have, on the right? uh, yeah. Here, there's a. Uh, Holy cow! Twenty. What do I for? <laughs> you know what? These are nothing compared to some of the guys out there on the uh, other forums groups. Uh, you know, some of them have seventy-five of these things. You know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, twenty-four I, bats, I, a bunch of vipers. Yeah, I, I always thought I was doing good if I could get four. That was my definition of yeah. army building. I, I just kind of kept buying them a few years ago, and they were still yeah. somewhat affordable. Clearly. Um, it's hard to... Yeah, there's a there's a wolf pack up there as well, by the looks of things. On, uh, yep, I got like what, five of them, yeah. <laughs> a what uh, I got the European stuff up here, the... The uh, oh my gosh, oh, there's the uh, the tiger forces and things like yeah, you see, right uh, the tiger there is that rare lizard. Hit and run. You got the rare Crimson Guard Immortal from Europe. It has a rock viper head. It's like super rare. There aren't too many of them out there. Maybe wow. 12, 15, maybe at most. Oh, really? Three original wow. storm shadows over there. How many wolves are there? Jeez. <laughs> uh, just five. five. Just five. Just five. I know a guy that that's has what like you were talking 50. about, eh, Mark? I have I yeah. know a guy that has 50 snake eyes. So and then I got like some of the higher stuff here. You got... <laughs> 50 Holy. all of the same version. Yes. Night force wow. shelf up here. Wow, dude! Tiger, tiger I've got form. I've got one shelf and one bookshelf uh, yeah. that you can see. I I've got a shoebox. <laughs> I got some other Brazilian and uh, Argentina and get that one package yeah. back there. That's quite the strip you've got there for the Fun Brazilian. School, yeah. Wow. Now is that cabinet that we're looking at right there? Is that all? Like international stuff. Yes, that shelf is international, not the cabinet. Just that shelf. Yeah, the lower shelf has some like newer stuff, and then down here you've got like the convention stuff. See, uh, there's stuff that I've never even seen before, like that black and red. What is that? A Mobat? Oh, uh, that's the uh, crimson, crimson, like, uh, crimson tank. So yeah, it, like the crimson guard ride in it, and it was, uh, I think it was a Sears. When they go out to battle. Yeah, that sounds right. I think it was a Sears exclusive or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. and then I've got <laughs> cool. the, so the, wow. the scrambler the the apc and then the, see, i've never the seen that force. one on the right yeah that's the action force UK. that's the action force one yeah oh okay that one for sure i've had that i also before. have a brazilian one it, it looks identical to the middle one except it has uh brazilian stickers on it uh hmm. so and there's another storm shadow lurking over there that makes at least four <laughs> storm shadows well, that's the, yeah that's the uh later there's version. another comic oh, pack. That's the international one Oh, up here, yeah. That's uh, yeah. there's two Plastorama Argentinas. They're different. One has like peach arms. The other one has like uh, uh, pink arms. And then there's a 
Brazilian one behind it. So, <laughs> wow, man, that's quite a collection. Is that is that so, some st- are there still some grails that that you've you know, you've got your eye out for that you've not got in the collection? Um, there's always grails. There's a lot of foreign uh, foreign figures that I'm uh, still looking for. The Fun School India ones are they're they're hard to find. They're also very expensive, mm-hmm. so it takes time to to uh, you know look hunt them down. I do have one really big grail that everybody knows about. It's uh, you know, like this. It's the best in the world. It's a 95 graded Snake Eyes. Wow. First release. All 95s. <laughs> this is just the most perfect figure in the world. So that is my. That would probably be my Holy Grail. For me, yeah, that's this probably. Is the holy, probably this the is the Holy Grail figure. figure. Yeah. And then I got my Holy Grail art page last year. What was it? Are we going to take a look at that? Are we going to talk about that well, in a bit? Okay. Really. Yeah. All right, cool. Now, so see, Snape, Mark, Paul's so, going to take the camera and go in the next room and be like, yeah, here's my USS flag collection. There'll be like six flags. No, you know, I, four I, in boxes. <laughs> in the basement, I have a flag set up with like two Sky Strikers and a Tomahawk on it and Conquest. Wow. Terradrome down there. And, you know, all my kids can play with it if they want. And I need to get my Terradrome out. They know not to break still it. together. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so what, what, what are the boundaries of the, of the collection? So, yeah. You're starting, I guess, at the, you know, 82 stuff, but right. So where do you end? So I have, I have all the 82 straight arms. I have like some of the variants. I've got every 83 figure, um, every 84. And those figure. are all men on card. Well, I, I don't have them all men on card, but I have all the loose. Okay. Now I have most of uh, 83 except for the uh, 1.5 versions, which are, you yeah. know, the re-releases. I think I have every 84. Uh, except maybe Roadblock. Problem with Roadblock is they are always the O rings are always broke on them when you find them. So okay. I just haven't bought one. I'm like, I don't want to buy one with a broken O ring. Or I, I had bought one once. It was shipped, and it and it was broken the O ring in the bot in the package. So I sent it back to eBay. The There's guy. a joke in there somewhere about Roadblock's cooking. I can't oh, yeah. <laughs> put it together yet, but I know there's a joke there. 85s. I think I have every 85. I think I'm missing Lady J mint on card. 86, I'm pretty close to being done with those. And then I kind of stopped because I stopped collecting around 87. Yeah. Um, I did get some 87 mint on cards, the ones I had, like Shockwave mm-hmm. and uh, Jinx. And I did start getting into uh, Marauders, mint on card, and Tiger Force. Um, but I don't really have like a goal. Like I just, I know I have certain ones I still need. Like someone, I'm missing two of the Marauders, mint on card, and I'm missing. Uh, I think four of the Tiger Force uh, U.S. Mint on card, and then I'm missing mm-hmm. a Tiger Force Blizzard European and Mint on card, and the Mutt Euro Mutt, which is like a Night wow. Force version. And that's pretty much, you know, I picked up a mission special missions Brazil Mint uh, AF85. That was like a Grail this year. Now, did you um, have a lot of um, slaughter? Why loose? not just like when you were play when when you were a kid and you. Like when did you stop? Like when did you start getting? When did you start keeping the packages? I guess is what I'm trying to say. When did well, when did that move from being <laughs> a kid and just playing with a bunch of toys? To, Actually, that, that didn't keep happen. This one. So, um, that never happened. I had. Uh, <laughs> so let's start. Let's start off. I started collecting. I was like seven, 1982, and I was seven in 1982. Yeah. My first recollection is I remember getting like uh, Snake Eyes, Straight Arm, 82. 
Uh, I think Grunt, Flash, I remember. Uh, they remember because of the red on him. Yeah. I got the APC. Um, and I think and Stalker. I do remember Stalker. So I think I had like four figures in the APC. And, you know, I think I played, I probably broke them all because I was seven and broke their arms and stuff. Because I don't, <laughs> I don't remember having them when we moved. We moved when I was uh, to another house when I was 10. So that was like three years later. And uh, I would get a little bit here and there for Christmas figures and that. But what really took off is when I, I started uh, with a paper route when I was uh, mm. 10. And when you're 10 years old and you have a paper route and you can make like 60 70 dollars a week and you don't have any bills i would just go to toys r us and i would just arm oh. arm, arm swipe every figure every yes. vehicle unfortunately they did some they didn't sometimes have the vehicles that uh, you know at every yeah. store and i couldn't really afford the i didn't have any room for the flag so i never had the flag um but i did have almost every other uh 83 84 85 vehicles um so i think at one point i had every 80 four figure every 85 every 86 and started 87 and then i started getting into you know great uh eighth grade and then high school and i you know i lost all my my figures either got sold in garage sales or my younger brothers broke them or i do remember blowing oh, some up no. because you know it's just it's what you do when you're a kid yeah and uh so i actually had no gi joes from my childhood <laughs> um, I have my comics and I had uh, I had one through a hundred of the comics and that's I kind of stopped right at a hundred yeah. buying the comics right around high school. I actually bought with my paper out money a collection of one through 50 from one of my friends. It wasn't in the greatest shape, but he had one through 50. And I was like, I, every time I had seen the collection, I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. So I ended up giving him like, I think 50 bucks at the time for all 50. That's good. Yeah, I mean, some of them were readers and beaters, but yeah. they were. I had them, and oh, that's the way mine then, are. I, I, I shudder to think what mine looked like. I haven't looked at them for so long. <laughs> yeah, well, back then, like number two was like a twenty-five yeah. dollar book in nineteen eighty-five. So that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like I couldn't afford that. So, um, so I had comics, um, in my collection. I did a lot of moving around, and but the comics stayed with me. The only thing I kept with me was my three long boxes of comics. G.I. Joe's. I had a bunch of stuff from like the 80, late 80s, 86, 80s, or 87, 88. Gru. I'm a huge Gru Sergio right. fan. Um, you know, I had some runs of Batman and and uh, Avengers from those years. And I just yeah. kept them all with me where I moved. And I had some sports cars, but, you know, like one binder and they really weren't anything. Um, and then so that kind of was how it was. I, I kind of fell out of G.I. Joe. From, you know, 88, 89, all the way to, I think it was around 2000, I I popped into like a comic store while on vacation and they had a couple, they had some like Joes and I grabbed like three or four of them. They were all complete. I think it was mainframe, wetsuit, and uh, uh, who was it? There was one more. Uh, anyway. I was like, oh, man, these are cool. I had these, so I picked those three up, and I was like, sweet. So I kept them in my – and I started collecting after that. That's when I started getting okay. back into collecting comics. I started out with comics. I was buying – I was actually buying graded G.I. Joe comics, and I was getting them a lot cheap, – way cheaper than they are now. I mean, I was getting sure, – back yeah. when CGC was just starting, it was like, you know, you could get a 
issue for like twenty dollars, and uh, number one I think was like a hundred dollars only. You know, so I still have those. I have the nine eights of one. I have like one through twenty and nine eight, and I have uh, you know some some nine sixes and nine eights after that. I don't have the full run. I never really wanted to buy the full run. Um, I still have my one through hundred uh, raw, you know, to read and everything. I never really got into the later issues though. Um, the 101 through 155, yeah. you know, I did have the 155 and special. Mm -hmm. but that's just because they were collectible and cool covers and everything. Um, but I am, I'm really into the art. The art is where my focus is. I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not a big reader. My wife and daughter read books like five, you know, mm -hmm. five, six a week books, but I'm just, I do enjoy the series and I'll read it, but the art is where all my focuses and, collecting yeah. so what was the what was the leap then into to the art so so early 2000s i started um as i was buying the comics there were some it was a, a group i belonged to uh cgc forums and there was an art uh group there and mm -hmm. i didn't even know about art like that they made these things and so i was <laughs> researching and i'm like oh wow okay and i remember like going on ebay and i first piece i bought was the back cover to a grew uh comic it was the referto it was a silent back cover uh art piece and i think i paid like 200 dollars for it back in 2003 i think it was so that was like my first art piece and then shortly after that i found that the the gi joe image came out the devil's devil's right. do. Mm -hmm. And I found that first page that I had, it's, it was GI Joe 18 page seven. The art was amazing on it where snake eyes is coming off and he does like the superhero yeah. pose at the end with his swords. And I'm like, we can uh, get into it if you want. yeah. And it, it, right. that, that got me hooked on the art. And uh, from there I would just slowly pick up uh, pages as they were, as I could find them affordably on eBay. And I started to go through uh, yeah, that superhero pose is amazing. Um, oh, that's during the cabal, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. The, okay. Yeah. So this is and that's uh, Bedeau. Brandon Bedeau, yep. Nice. Yeah. And that was the very first Joe page that I picked up. And I picked How much up did you say that was? Hmm? How much did you say that was? That page? Yeah. Oh, that one was only like uh I think it was like seventy five dollars. Wow, that's great. Two thousand four, yeah. So that's two thousand four. Right. I've had people ask me to buy it. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm like, this is my first page. And yeah, it, just the fact that it's so amazing. I mean, how he's, you know, doing that backflip with the swords and how they bust in on the motorcycle, Scarlet and him. And it's just, that is snake eyes. You know, if they would have made the movie like that, I think more people would have <laughs> enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. Come on, like, how much time do you have? I, oh, we got to be quiet. Mark hasn't seen it yet. Oh, <laughs> my son loved it. Um, he loved it. He thought it was great. And, uh, he my kids like that story. Hmm? So my kids liked it. Yeah. And that's really what it's made for is those kids to extend yeah. the, you know, extend the run, extend the interest in GI Joe. And that's why the classifies are out. They're not for us. I hope that they, that they still do that, uh, animated series they were talking about. Yes. That would I know that the, the box office returns weren't what they wanted, but, um, uh, I think that what they need most is animation. I mean, that's what hooked all of us. Yes. Yes. You know? Yeah. I was a huge, I watched the comic or the TV show religiously. It didn't matter if they were reruns. They were oh, yeah. on after school. Was, I would come home. You came home. It was on. 
Yep. yep. That's what I did. Watch Transformers and that. So, so yeah, this was my first page, and, and it's I, I don't think I could ever sell it just because it's just such an amazing page. And see, I think if first, I bought original art and stuff, I'd never sell it. I mean, yeah. I just I mean, I have yeah. sold a couple here and there, and some things that I just fell out of, you know, I've had it a long time, and it's not something that's I'm married to. So, and, and I knew the other guy really wanted in the first collection, so. So yeah, that's there's that my first page. I love being able to look at, especially. Hello, it's me, Tim Finn. Like Mark probably just said, sorry I couldn't join you live, uh, both to our viewers and fans, and also to Paul. Paul, thank you for sharing. All right, so this Brandon Badeau page from GI Joe 18 from the Devils Do Run. Oh, there's there's my favorite motorcycle. Um, so um, the. The inking here is particular in that the characters have spotted black and the backgrounds don't. Now, the two bad guys in the first panel, I don't, when I say spotted black or spotted blacks or spotting of blacks, I don't mean that their, um, their jackets are inked solidly black. What I mean is the little bit of black on the right side of the guy all the way on the top left of the first panel, the guy with glasses, that that there is inking on the side of his head and a little bit under his head where his neck is to uh, to create shadow. And, you know, like an artist like Scott Collins, right, who's drawn a lot of Flash comics for DC, he does not spot blacks, right? He just draws with a clear line style. So. Um, note Snake Eyes in panel three here, right? There's some highlights on the tops of his legs and then the bottoms of his legs and his uh, shin coming down. Uh, those are left white, right? So um, similarly, the, the Humvee, right? Part of the background in the first panel, um, it does have a cast shadow, but it, there's no inking on the side or the, the front to show that it is uh, metallic or that there's a light source or that there's texture. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, this guy uh, all the way on the bottom left of the of the page, the, this guy running at us. Oh, there's a little cross around his neck in the bottom of panel two. Um, there's there's not heavy spotting of blacks at all, but there's a little bit under his under his collar and in the in the uh, creases of his uh, shirt. So uh, just as a piece of art, right? Separate from storytelling, how it's going to get colored, right? That Snake Eyes is doing something cool. Just as a piece of art, um, there's a there's a particular treatment here of inking that is different for foreground characters and background elements. Yes. The, the, the sketchbook stuff is is fun, but to see pages, published um, pages. That's what I like. This I like. How, this I, is how I, I have a lot of artist editions which reproduce the original mm -hmm. artwork. So that's really what I like to see is is the and so. Did you get into the Devil's Due book as well? You were reading. I it did. I did. I did buy the Devil's Due um, book. I didn't finish it. I think I had like one through thirty. Mm -hmm. um, it was more of a collecting thing. I did enjoy it, but you know, I was. I kind of uh, then I had kids in two thousand five, so that's where yeah, I kind of everything changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I stopped. We buying know. Comics. I would still buy art occasionally if I saw it, but I wasn't really. I didn't have a whole lot of time, so. You know, from 2005 to 2011 is when my three kids were born. Um, and I, so to finish up my, where I got, okay, so when I, my collection consisted of, you know, probably 10 to 15 G.I. Joe published pages over the course of that 10 years. Wow. And 
a lot of Gru pages. I was picking up published Gru art, Sergio's Gru. Um, still didn't have any figures and toys, and that was like the last of the thing. So, <laughs> so in 2018, I don't know what made me get into it, but I do know what happened is my 401k was in a transition where I couldn't put any money into it that year. So the money I had in the 401k that I would put in that year, I started to invest in this. So I started oh, wow. buying Ninton card figures and I was glad I did it when I did it because that was the lowest point in the last yeah. three years. Yeah. Good investment. Some of these fig figures I paid $300 for a 9.8 and they're worth like 12 to 1500 now, you know? Yeah. So, and they were, you know, Every single one of these figures has either doubled or tripled since I bought them. So most of them I bought in 2018, 2019. And then, you know, there's a handful I would buy each year. But um, I slowly started just getting them, buying them loose. I would buy lots. I would take the best out and I'd sell the other ones on the Facebook groups. So I was constantly bringing in and selling. And I did a lot of that for in 2018, 2019, just building a collection by by buying lots on eBay, make, making the figures the best by, you know, I would take the parts and yeah. make the best figure possible and for my collection and then mm -hmm. sell off the doubles. And, yeah, and that's how I did the, I did all the loose stuff. And then the mint on card stuff I did, you know, I would never overpay. I did a lot of research. I would, I went back and looked at the historical of like the last three years before I started buying them to try to figure out, you know, okay, this is a good price point to buy at. You know, now it's impossible if you're getting in because people are listing the things at like crazy amounts, hoping somebody buys it, but they just sit there, you know? So, yeah. yeah. There was and a question earlier. Why yeah. not, why not change? Why not change? A, oh, sorry. That was a different one. Why not change the, the O-ring? Uh, I guess, because if you do that, you open, uh, you open up the packet and it's no longer mint on, mint on card. There right. must be a massive difference in the premium between a genuine yes. mint yes. card and a resealed. Yeah. Reseals um, are not, I mean, you got the loose figure, like reseals or repros are just slightly more than a loose figure. People do buy them, but they sit out there a lot. Nobody really buys them like regular. Most collectors don't buy a reseal or a repro. Um, some do, but, and then from I there, feel like, why would you, I know, and, I guess. And yeah, he points points out the, the issue with mints and card. Eventually, all of them will have broken O-rings. Is there a yeah, science as to as to what the time span is likely to be on on some of these things? Right, it's and, and it's ticking time bomb, right? I mean, paper is not going to last forever either. So sure. there's a chance the O-rings will outlive me, and so which is fine. If they go, they go. Um, yeah, the figure's still going to be there. Just rattle around in the box. Right, and some <laughs> of them, some of them though, stay together. There's not yeah, a yeah hold together. Space. Yeah, yeah. See, the very first, when I was a kid, I remember this, um, when the second wave came out, I bought uh, Airborne, and I just thought he was so awesome, mm -hmm. and uh, he, he looked great in the package, yeah. and we got like halfway home, and I opened him, and when I opened it, he just fell in pieces. Wow. The O-ring, I was like, I didn't know whether it was broken, I didn't know, I didn't understand. That was That's my very first fun. one, and, and I got home, and I was like, showing my dad, and he looked, and he said, well, there's a little screw in back here, let's try this. And it was just the O-ring had slipped off. It, it right. was able to oh, be wow. fixed. But that was the first time that I figured out that you can take these things apart. And <laughs> and once you realize that and you know right. how easy it is, Game changer. God, man, that that made that made the toy line that much more fun. Well, I didn't you figure it out. Oh, this one's broken. Well, I can fix it by swapping this out. 
I don't like this guy's pants. Well, I'm going to give him different pants. You know? Yeah, then you, and there comes the kit bash. Which yeah. I, love. I didn't know they opened until 2018. That's how sad it is. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I never broke. I never had a broken O-ring. I had Storm Shadow with loose legs. Oh, leg. I did. Loose legs, and I just yeah. figured out oh, it's just the way you That end. one I still haven't figured out. <laughs> loose joints. The hardest is Zartan or Xandar where the body is um, molded yeah, together. sealed. Yeah, so you got to loosen up. the you, you, you put them in hot water. Loosen up the rubber, and then you can just take pliers in and pop it out, pop it open. Huh. And I've only like maybe broke one Zartan torso out of like doing it out of twelve, I think. So, and that's because uh -huh. I didn't soak <laughs> pliers anyway. And it kind of that, that's practice. Twelve, yeah, you get good at. Geez. it. I never I've had that. Yeah, thousands I of O rings in the last three years. So <laughs> let me uh, let me skip back on these slides because actually my my holding picture there was one that that yes. um, we weren't going to talk about which was uh, the Mike Zek Firefly. But yeah, I just like, think it's, you know, Chef's Kiss, magnificent. One of the best renderings of Firefly that, that there is, in my opinion. Yeah, um, it's, it's, you it's just, yeah, amazing. Fill us in on what this is all about. Yeah, Did this you get one, that from him at a convention? Nope. This So um, uh, the guy that I bought it from did. And I bought it from him off of eBay, I think. The guy that got that originally bought it from Mike. And it's been in my collection. It's been, it was one of my earlier purchases in the um, probably mid 2000s. And I've had multiple people ask to buy this. So it's just, you know. Yeah, I would imagine. Look at those hands. I am so stealing that. It's one I don't think. <laughs> yeah, go for it. It's go so for hard to draw. You don't think about it, but to draw a hand and, and especially that left hand holding the barrel of a gun sure. or something, that, that's such a hard. Such a hard, uh, hard way to, to to put those fingers in there, and Zach makes it look effortless. Well, effortless, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the history on that one. That's really, a great piece. Not much, not much history to it. It's just pencil on, on, um, you know. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a thicker Bristol board. I think I don't think it's uh -huh. paper. Um, I wonder how long it took him to do that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have the provenance on it, but you know, it's. I do Certainly know take, take an effort. Yeah. I have not seen anything like it in Zach. So Firefly. Great. So okay. Should we skip on to the, yeah, to the next on. piece and tell us about that? So here we go. Okay. The first cover yeah. of the oh, you own that. Yeah. So this is the first cover I acquired. And there's the story is so um this all goes to Howie, Howie Welsh, the, the comic, the collector, the art collector that Chuck talked about a little bit, how, um, how he had a collection. Um, and that's how I acquired most of my collection recently was from Howie's estate, I guess. Um, but Howie was a big art collector of GI Joe and him and I were competing on different Marvel pages in the early two thousands and I had won a couple. He had won a couple. And his goal is to to buy, to collect one page from every issue, if he could. And that was a huge goal. But he mm -hmm. was getting there. He had, you know, he had one from several, like like eleven through like, you know, thirty or forty. He had one of every, and except twenty one, because we know that's all together. Um, so he needed a page for me that he didn't have for, he didn't have an issue 17 page. And we ended up trading. I had like two of them in a, in the, in a lot I had one and I traded him one for two other pages that he had. And that's how we first kind of met each other over the internet, just trading. Uh, 
then he came to me and approached me and said, Hey, I've got this cover. You know, do you want to buy it? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> I bought it from him. I bought the prelims. I have all three prelims for it, which are awesome. Cause if you see them, they're on my site, you see yep. the rough, you know, thought process of how he designs it. And, um, this is the epitome of my collecting niches, storm shadow and snake eyes. I mean, every, right. everybody's favorite, but they're, they are my favorite. I mean, it's, you know, just, just look at it. That's exactly, that's like the perfect cover. I mean, <laughs> the guys coming in, yeah, it's got, I mean, just the muscle. There's only, there's only so many covers, uh, sort of bona fide cover A's by, uh, you know, tier A artists that are gonna that feature Snake Eyes and and Storm Shadow to together. I'm not a huge fan of the finishes on Snake Eyes, but man, just scroll back up to um to Storm Shadow. Everything about that Storm Shadow is awesome. Look at how he's got the shadows coming mm -hmm. from his feet, and it bends at the ceiling, and then for the tips of the swords. Yes. The, the, that's so nice. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. really really cool. When the colored version of this, and we talked about it on the show, the colored version yeah. just you lose almost all of that. It's there, yeah. you can see it, but it's just you do. Uh, Those walls and stuff are the just walls are so too muddy dark. looking. Yeah, the walls are too dark. They take away from the shadows. And, yeah, yeah. It's the the cover. Uh, the art is much better than the cover, which isn't always the case. Uh, Sometimes the colored art is a lot better, but I always like we seeing would... the, the original artwork. Yeah, and, and, and the both. prelim <laughs> process as well. Uh, the so this was uh, GI Joe issue nine. We talked about this um, on the on the sh on the show a little while ago because we've been doing a read through of the Devil's Due uh, era. And uh, while we were doing the the discussion, uh, Tim actually um, coincidentally enough went to Comic Art Fans, uh, got your piece, and then started doing his own colors colors attempt over, over the uh, oh, over the top during of the so show the, he was doing this during oh, wow. the show so i think by the end of the show this was uh pretty oh, much wow. where he, he'd got to yes yeah, so you can was, see the shadows better there yeah so it's playing it's playing a lot more with the light source that that yeah um, you know the, the dark the sort of the dark and the, and the light um and having just the light coming in from the from the um from the rear rather than that kind of invisible light source that, that it actually looks a little lot brighter <laughs> you can follow it a lot better oh yeah uh, so yeah that that was uh that was fun and when when you shared this piece i thought it'd be fun to, to just share Tim, share you know. tim's version mm -hmm. we've shared it on the other videos too so yeah we talked a lot about this cover on an earlier episode of talking joe uh, so it, it's traditional in that the top third is left devoid of anything important because the logo is going to go there. Um, the inking is different here for the two characters, right? So uh, Storm Shadow is, is inked uh, only with a cast shadow, right? There are, there are very small indications of highlights on his, on his fingers, right? Uh, left white and then... Uh, shadow, um, and very, very subtly on his shoulder pads. Um, but, you know, the color is going to do all the work here in terms of showing the highlight, the mid-tone, and the shadows on Storm Shadow, whereas on uh, Snake Eyes, he's inked differently. Um, part of this is because uh, he's 
bigger and closer. So I think Zek wants to make him prominent and show him off. But also because uh, Snake Eyes as a character in All Black, right? You know, think of Superman's hair traditionally in licensing art, right? Like underoos and t-shirts and lunchboxes in the 1970s and 80s. You know, like Superman's hair is blue, right? You know, because once you've inked some of his hair black, you can't color in the highlights black because then it just reads like a solid mass of black. So Snake Eyes often, uh, Snake Eyes here is getting inked where um, the the black for the shadows is sort of turned all the way up, whereas it wasn't turned up at all on Storm Shadow. And then the colorist is going to choose, you know, a dark blue, a dark gray, uh, for that sort of middle tone on Snake Eyes to create the the sense that it's a character all in black, even if technically when we look at the printed cover, it's not it's not black, right? It's not it's not like, you know, this right here. Um, uh, it's exciting this cover because as many covers as Zek drew for GI Joe, he only had Snake Eyes on maybe three of them, and. Uh, you know, in one of them, uh, it's just uh, sort of mid-chest and up. So we don't often see Zek sort of show off Snake Eyes as this cool character uh, in a cool pose or in a pose with all this potential, like this scene, this tension, this drama here, right? This cover is about what's about to happen as opposed to the cover of, um, is it 41, where... Uh, Snake Eyes and Ripcord and Roadblock and Gung Ho are sort of under attack and the background is, is a brownish, right? Um, you know, that cover is all about action and, and sort of desperation. This cover is all about, um, you know, look out. Cool. That's awesome. All right. What's what's up next? Uh, wow. Okay. Here yeah. We go. So, yeah. It's, so this is issue one. This is issue one. Then, right? Yep. This was from the Howie Welsh collection. So, so what happened was Howie and I, had t- you know, did a trade. I bought the cover from him. Um, you know, back if we'd email back and forth when there was pieces coming up on eBay. You know, hey, are you going for this one? If you are, I'll lay back. I won't bid on him, and I'll say, no, I'm not going to bid on that either. I don't know how he acquired some of his. It was always not, you know, he did so much acquiring off of eBay and various sources, but. Howie kind of and my and uh, Chuck t- touched on this. Howie kind of disappeared, and I was I tried to reach out to him because I wanted to buy some art from him. I knew he had these, you know, a great collection, and I had some money, and I wanted to get some more pages. So I reached, I tried emailing him, and you just got nothing back. And you checked comic art fans, and he hadn't updated anything in like mm-hmm. three years or whatever. This was back in two thousand, I think eighteen, and so um, seventeen or eighteen. So. I, what I did was I Googled his name, just trying to find him somehow. And I stumbled on his obituary. Oh, crumbs. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, I didn't believe, I couldn't believe he died. I'm like, he was only like 42 or at the time, which, and he's like almost the same age as me. I think I'm, mm-hmm. I think we're the same age and uh, said something about, you know, a heart, but not, they didn't say it like a heart attack, but they just said his heart, um, you can read the obituary on my comic art fans. I have a link to it because I have this, you know, paragraph devoted to Howie um, and his collection broken up. So the, the ones I kept and acquired and um, I reached out through Facebook a year later after he had passed to his brother, try to make, you know, contact with him and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your brother. I, 
you know, I know you had some of this artwork and I don't know if you, you know, is there anything you did with it? You know, I try not to make it sound like, Hey, I'm trying to get this all from my, I was, yeah. you know, really condolences and, you know, sure. really was shocked and sad that he had passed. And, you know, I don't think the guy really followed Facebook much. So nothing happened. He never, you know, even replied back. So then I waited another year. And for some reason I decided, you know, I'm going to try to reach out to the guy's wife. So that would be Howie's sister-in-law. And I contacted her on Facebook and she contacted me back. She said, yeah, we were, I was just getting ready to sell a lot of his stuff, take it to places. And I'm like, well, here, hold on. I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll, if you're selling the art, I will try, I'll make you the, you know, an offer on the whole collection. And, you know, we went back and forth. Um, I don't think they realized what they had. I tried to give them mm -hmm. a fair price. And back three years ago when I acquired it, prices weren't like they were now. So yeah. Skyrocketed um, since, yeah. yeah. It, it, I, I think I gave them, you know, and you're buying an entire lot. You're never buying it at 100%. So, you know, I gave her probably, you know, back then, probably about a 25% of what I could sell the stuff for. But I wasn't going to sell the stuff right away, and you can't sell it right away. One, I wasn't going to sell most of it. But two, you can't just flood the market or you're going to get, you mm -hmm. know, you're not going to get top value for your art. Yeah. And so had they gone and you know, dumped it at an auction house, they would have lost fees. They would have lost, you know, I, I tried to make them an offer and they were, they were happy with the offer. I feel like I got a lot more art than I offered, but you know, it's just the way it is. I, I do believe in good mm -hmm. karma. I didn't really want to, you know, steal the stuff from them. And I, I didn't really, I really couldn't afford much more than what I offered them at the time. True, so, true. Um, they were happy. I was happy. And you know, yeah, that's, what that's what happened. Yeah. And, I gave them the tribute and I've sold some of the weaker pages that I didn't really want in my collection. Some of the later issues in the eighties, seventies mm -hmm. numbers and the later hundred issues I've, I've sold, you know, probably about 15 to 20 of the pages. And he had a hundred and about 120 pieces in his collection. Wow. Mm -hmm. He had about a hundred published pages and then he had some, some uh, various other things. And, and a lot of these are in here. Like, so, so this, he had two pages of number one, I took the best of the two and this is it because it has the whole team um, in that bottom middle panel um, or most of the team. Yeah. It has, uh, you know, the five of them and it has Scarlet and snake eyes on yeah, up the top. Yeah. Baroness and Cobra commander's leg. So <laughs> yeah. Cobra commander's leg. To me, it's I, a, have a, I have a couple questions about this piece. Yeah. Paul. yeah. Um, when we were looking at it pulled back like this, the first time I, was trying to, to figure out if the texture in panels uh, one, would it be one, five, and six, if that was Zipatone or not? But it isn't, isn't it? I, I see in, in number one that that's all hand drawn, the, the texture on that floor. There is and some Zipatone. The back between behind Snake Eyes and Scarlet, isn't that, is that, is that like put in with, do you think that's Zipatone or is no. that uh, stippled? I think the only Zipatone is Scarlet's helmet in the top right panel. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's Zipatone. Um, yeah, you got. Um, I could dig it out, but I think that's the only Zipatone on this one that I remember. Yeah, it looks like there might be paste up Zipatone here. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that. I wonder if they, this this here on the scarlets because it looks a little bit, little bit brown. Yes, it's that, that, that paper that, that is like treated and, and you sort of treat it and then the the the, the sort of the color comes out. It's weird. Yeah. And what about panel three there? But that wall is that 
Textured too. I'm not that it matters. This, I'm just that just looks curious. like it's the whatever they used on Scarlet's helmet. It looks like it's the same. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, I would like to see, you know, now that we look at this page, I don't know that I've ever really seen art from number one or any of the Trimpy stuff in black and white. And I think that, it I don't know, just looking at it a lot, I'm able to appreciate it more, I think, in black and white. I just take a quick look here. A gander. I don't have it all on the wall because I... Yeah, that looks like, that's what that looks like. You don't have enough wool for a start. (laughs) Yeah, serious. That's true. But I also, uh, I have it. Okay, so yeah. So here's the, here it is. There's a lot going on in that page. Let me, uh, let me put it. Yeah, there, okay, there is more. Okay, so. I'm losing my mouse. This is like a, this looks like a stat of. Here we go. Okay, hold on. This is like. Oh, wow. uh, So that's something too. This is like a case. It's like a paste on stack. I thought when we looked at it okay. that that was like hand hand drawn. At first, no. I thought it was something that was like you said, pasted on or. or this is a pa- yeah. This looks like a paste on. So that would have been originally hand drawn, but then pasted on. Yeah. Covering up whatever was uh, there originally. Or I don't think it's art. I don't think it's original art. It's hard. It, uh, yeah. It looks like not. a stat. This looks like a stat. The floor. Mm-hmm. Um. The second panel is all art. The third panel is okay. The wall is zipatone. Uh huh. The stair is art. Stairs are all art, but the wall is all zipatone. The top part it's is slightly, zip-a-tone. slightly raised. Is it you, when you rub your finger? It's yeah, a different it's, layer. I can tell mm-hmm. it's zipatone. Um, but the stairs are all original art, which is cool. And it's like a, now for zipatone, don't you have to buy like a certain kind of paper to use that one? Like, it doesn't the paper itself cost like ten bucks? Page or used to. I've it never used it. See, this piece right here is actually loose. I gotta uh-huh. I have I have paste uh Yikes. the correct kind of paste. Put that up, man. Yeah. I have the correct yeah, kind this... of paste for this stuff. I, I do fix them occasionally, but so her helmet actually the only zip it I'm nervous just watching him hold here. this page. <laughs> right here is the only zip it tone uh is the is the edging of the helmet. Huh. But it looks like there may have been some up here that fell off at one point. So there's mm-hmm. art behind it and it fell off the top of her helmet right here. Yeah, we're talking a 40-year-old piece of paper there. Okay, so then this wall is like a stat behind it. Okay. And then that's all art. And then the bottom three panels are all art. That's yeah, awesome, so, man. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's definitely. It's amazing how much work just went into that page right there. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on in that page. How many panels are on there? Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Good grief. Nine. And story-wise, there's a lot happening in that. Oh, and but it's silent. all it's able silent. to follow it. Yeah. Most perfectly. of it's silent. It's the top. The whole top. Yeah. The panels is a silent issue, which is amazing. You know, it's like part. The first, you know. They could yeah, always precursor to 21. With the silent parts, you know? A page from G.I. Joe issue one. Um, when I see pages from older comics, I'm, I'm often reminded just how 
more stretched out the stories and the artwork is in are in new comics. Um, there are five, six, seven, eight, nine, five, six, seven, eight, nine panels on this page, right? A lot of modern comics wouldn't have nine panels on a page, and there's so much story that's told here. Um, you know, characters traversing space and sneaking, and then we cut back to other characters. Um, you know, the camera, the camera is low. The camera is like eight inches off the ground in the final panel, right? The camera is placed just on the ground, looking past uh, commander, the, the commander's leg. So we're actually looking, you know, slightly up at Baroness, right? The camera's not sort of at shoulder height behind Cobra Commander's uh, shoulder. Um, Mark probably just said this, but uh, the Zipatone in panels three and five has yellowed with age, which happens. Um, uh, that actually doesn't make me sad. It just is a, an artifact of uh, of this 40-year-old object. This is, a, this is sort of a particular G.I. Joe page because it has Snake Eyes doing a Snake Eyes thing, which is to say, a couple wordless panels of um, character pantomime or action choreography, right? Going downstairs, going around a corner, and pointing, right? Snake Eyes famously, of course, doesn't speak, but um, he also tends not to communicate in G.I. Joe comics, right? He just, you know, his actions speak louder than words. Um, sometimes he points, sometimes Scarlet sort of translates for him. Um, and, and here, I find that fifth panel really fun, um, and uh, I love the variety of uh, camera angles, right? Looking down, looking straight, looking up, looking down, looking slightly up across the first five panels. I love the sense of foreground, middle ground, background, and that middle panel, Storm, uh, Snake Eyes and Scarlet, very close to us, and then uh, this, this wall, and then two uh, characters in the background, and then computer stuff behind them, right? There's, there's this base, there's the forest, uh, it's great. Cool. So, uh, so that was going in big with, uh, with number one. What Starting off strong. Yeah. <laughs> I like go to go in order too. So here we go. Oh, it's, I always like that. One still too. on number one. This is the back cover featuring, uh, the yep. Mobat the tank Mobat. and Steeler. Yep, Steeler. Now this was also part of the collection. He also had the inside front cover and the outs, the backside front cover, which is the Hal and the vamp. Yeah, with uh -huh. clutch and uh, who's the other one? Uh, clutch is Grand Slam. Grand Slam, yeah, yeah, Grand Slam. So I just picked the Mobat because it's the back cover and it's probably the coolest of the three. But his collection had the two pages of number one and the three covers: the interior, exterior, uh, outside, back, inside, and front, and inside back. And the original cover is out there. You can see it. I have a picture of it. Somebody, I think it sold for around a hundred grand a few wow. years back. I'm sure it'd be a lot more now. But uh, covered a number one. Yeah. Wow. There's, there's a picture of it on one of the forums. The CGC or CGC forum site has a great Mark's original like art. I've seen it. Okay, the original art. Uh, it's in there on one of those pages. And I took a copy of it just to have because it's sweet looking. Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. And the inside, in the very first splash page sold on Heritage for like 17 grand about 10 years ago, maybe, I think it was, to number one. So where's the rest? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Scattered to the winds, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of a page here, page there. If, uh, if yeah, what we the know. The interesting part know. about this page is, um, you know, Herb did it, but 
the inker, I don't know who the inker is because um, McLeod said it. He didn't do these, even though he did the internals thinking of number one. He didn't do these. So I don't know if. Um, yeah, it says. All of it? What's it that says say Jack. in the top right hand corner? Uh, was who was the. Oh, Paul, yeah, it was you're using your pages. Bob, Bob McLeod, wasn't it? Was the was he the inker of the interior? He was. The first issue. Um, uh, but yeah, it was yeah, it doesn't really say a, hmm. it just says, that, that looks like it's in pencil, it's all pencil, yeah. The check out again, Mark, how much detail is lost in the colored version on, on like Steeler's helmet? The whole visor just mm, gets, yeah, it gets washed out, muddied, and lost, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. and you don't appreciate the darks, the inking, the inking of the tracks of the yeah. tank. Yeah. When when it's the color version, you don't even realize that that's inking. You know, so, somebody... yeah, so I said I'd love to have an artist edition. With I, I was just crushed when they canceled that GI Joe artist edition. Well, yeah. did they not have all the pages? Uh, you got me. Twenty one is the only one I know of that's complete, and that's in uh, this one guy's collection. All it was supposed curious. to have like maybe one and two, and I think a good chunk of one and two. Twenty six. Yeah. Something I'm like sure that. they have photocopies of everything still, don't they? Or I, wanna, I don't know. I would think. I would hope so. At least stats. Yeah, I think. Yeah, the speculation is that maybe just there wasn't quite enough interest, but hard to. Probably, hard to which is sad. I know they're not just going to make it for me. The Steeler pinup. Um, I'm struck by how different this looks without the all of the type. Um, Mark or Jay probably just said that. Um, it's fun to see, you know, I don't, I haven't really paid attention to the three small drawings of the Mobat in this pinup, uh, because as published, I'm very aware of the big drawing of the Mobat and then this head portrait of, uh, Steeler and then all of the copy, all of the type. Um, and, uh, this is a fun reminder that the vehicles did get drawn by Trimpy uh, in a style reminiscent of the blueprints that came with the toy, which uh, is is obvious and is in no way obscured, but I don't think it ever fully occurred to me that that's what I was looking at when I when I read my issue number one. Okay, what's up? Uh, what's up, man? Shreds on that were awesome. Okay, oh, so here's an interesting story on this. So, ah. and I got this all this information from Howie, but basically there were um, and this. There's a story on these. Um, there were 13 made, so one for each character. Seven of them were en ended up being published in either number one or a couple issues later. Um, Rock and Roll, which I also have, was published in the yearbook one. Mm -hmm. um, but six of them never were published, and they were put into inventory at the top. It says INV. So they were they were going to oh, yes. issues, but they never did. And so the collection had three of them and had Zap, uh, Short Fuse, and uh, uh, who else did I have? Zap, Short Fuse, and uh, Clutch, and then Rock and Roll. But Rock and Roll was a published one. So that's the story about these these uh, these huge like splashes. You know, they're are pinups. I guess they're they're huge and. Uh, 
I just thought that the backstory on these pages is, is, is so cool about how, how they were developed or not used or whatever. So, yeah. And then, yeah, sort of never, sort of, you know, see a few of them sort of seeing print in dribs and drabs after, after sort of all being prepared initially together and a, a few of them um, kind of, you know, being real obscurities or, or not seeing print uh, at all. I, I zoomed in on this, this piece with this, uh, this general, uh, sort of lighting yes. his cigar <laughs> off the back blast awesome? of uh, Zap's bazooka. It's uh, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. That's the epitome oh. of the eighties. Uh, you know, eighty four GI Joe, eighty two. Yeah, yeah, just a real playfulness uh, in in some of the stuff that they were they were doing initially. Uh, so that was uh, cool to see. And you've got in your collection, you've got a few of these. How many? Yes. How many do you have in total? Uh, four total of these. Like I said, Rock and Roll, which was published in uh, GI Joe mm. Annual One, and or Yearbook One. I'm sorry, and then uh, yeah. Short Fuse, Zap, and Clutch. Was this published in that Marvel Age? You know, it might have this been was Marvel know. Age. Yeah, this this one was. Okay. This one was. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen the artwork before, colored or otherwise. Oh, this was in Marvel Age. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Did you find if any of the other ones were? Or? Uh, I can, I can grab it. Hold on a second. <laughs> well, it sounds like sounds like they finally put it in somewhere. Well, my relation yeah, is not just, a new book. No, it's but just, I mean, uh, it came out much. Oh yeah, yeah. Then eighty two and your book was only a, yeah, only a handful of them in Marvel Age. Um, let's see. What's this one? trying to think if i i have one marvel age with like the 87 yeah guys so what have we got this is uh short i'll zoom in on myself <laughs> uh, so you can see it there we go so we've got uh short fuse and then rock and roll yep and we've got there's the there's the zap mm -hmm. and Steeler. okay does it say uh, short it. fuse was in Marvel Age or? Uh, yeah, it was short fuse. Is there? Does it say what issue or? That's the actual uh, issue oh, there, the, isn't it, Mark? This, That's this is the Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is issue fifteen of uh, Marvel Age. Okay, so and it has bold zap and short fuse in it. Yeah. So that's got we'll that's the cover. That issue up now. This, uh, <laughs> oh, for sure. If you've not got it already. Yeah, this is my custom bound. I'm shocked, Paul. Uh, shocked. Well, you know. <laughs> Marvel Age is something that you, they sometimes didn't have at the on the at the store yeah. when you went because they were kind of picked up because they had they had something of everything in it, not just GI Joe. So GI Joe was popular and did sell a lot, but issues that had like everything in it, like all the superheroes in that too, those flew off the shelf. So cool. I'm glad I know that now. I can find that one. So that's the cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. It's the yeah. It's the one to have. Yeah, issue fifteen. Sweet. Uh, for the for the GI Joe count on Leafs. Super Sleuth Mark there to to find your obscure <laughs> issue that you need to track <laughs> down. Then. That's and awesome. now you know. Yeah, I, okay. I would like to see Mark. Have you done a a video with your that custom that you just had? Oh, I've not done a video of this one actually. No, um, only what's only that one through fifty? This is basically one through twenty into in okay. there within a whole lot of back matter. Yeah. Cool. And what do you got uh, on the cover for that one? Just oh, real the quick. <laughs> it's, um, it's that J. Scott Campbell. Oh, okay. Issue one, oh, recreation. Yeah. 
And on the back cover is uh, one of my commissions by Mike Vosberg. Oh, that looks like the X-Men. Uh, that awesome? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Days of it's, Future uh, Past. Days uh, of Future Past. Homage. Of homage with, yeah. uh, with G.I. Joe characters and that Cobra. Yeah. Everybody's on the on the on the poster, but uh, yeah, that will be one of a kind. Books, one of a kind, <laughs> sure is. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, when I when on a future sketchbook show, I'll I'll share some of my uh, my my own commissions. Cool. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Slaughter, side the slaughterhouse says uh, that doesn't look like a very comfortable pose for either yes, of them. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just uh, hold that position. How many how many times does he has to fire that bazooka before he actually catches the light on it? Um, uh, In general, Flag's got kind of a Tyrannosaurus hand thing going on. It's a little out of proportion. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit, hasn't he? A little, a little out of proportion, but you know, we'll let oh, it go. Well. I love the joke here that, uh, you know, the cigar getting lit on this on this weapon. Um, I, I don't have anything to add. This is just really, uh, this is just really fun. I'm guessing that though, uh, we don't think of pinups as being written, right? We think of an editor hiring an artist to draw an exciting full page image of a character, which could maybe be a cover, but it's not going to be a cover, right? That's what we think of in comics when we think of pinups. But because this one has dialogue, right? This this was written by Larry Hama, we assume. But also that sign on the right side under his under his helmet, police all brass, right? Trimpy was um, in the military, uh, so this could be him, right? But uh, I get the sense that when presumably Larry Hama wrote the script, wrote a little bit of dialogue for this pinup, he also, in describing the scene, included that sign. Uh, okay, we've got uh, oh. another beauty here. The oh, I'd love to have this one of those. The pits. Um, yes, this is such. I remember this page from Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime the they did a cutaway of the pit or anything like that where you get to see, like, the technical behind the scenes of this is the world they live in, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah, you always wanted those. to be like, like stay at that place and work there. <laughs> and actually, in the in an upcoming issue, I think it's issue two eight seven, probably the one with the with the newbies getting in, sort of coming back to the base for the first time and getting introduced. Um, they've shown show shared some preview art of them sort of coming down into the pit on an on an elevator. Um, which you know must in partly be uh, kind of having this original image in in mind. I would have uh, would have thought it's a basic page. There's not much to it, but the historicalness and it's just and, neat to see all of. Yeah, like yeah. I said, any of those kind of cutaway pages are right. are, are are neat things to see. Those are, I mean, you know, again, that's something that, that made it memorable as a kid. Exactly. I mean, it's not the most artistic page, but it's yeah. I mean, there's the nothing fancy about kid, that. If, you, you know? if they did it now, you know, shoot, you'd have computers right. that would be yeah. <laughs> there'd be <laughs> all kinds of scaffolding in the background of all those panels it. and yeah, Just throw like everything that. at the wall. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I put this page <laughs> in there. It has to be. So, how he knew what he was doing when he was hunting all these pages down? He oh for sure, some that's, amazing you know. pages. So I'm I'm very honored to be able to get him. It, from his collection and continue on his, you know, his dream. And, you know, if he's looking down, you know, I hope he's proud, you know, because he's, he, he I, did all the legwork to find these. 
Now check out in this in this particular uh, page. Okay, in the top panel you have there's the the building. Yep. And there's what looks like maybe eight, ten park. inches of concrete, and then there's like or, or dirt, and then there's another kind of thing, and then there's like clearly what's supposed to be metal. Yeah. So they're showing all of the degrees of how fortified this this bunker is. Well, it has to hold up the mobat, so it has to be strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And there's and like what six howls it looks like in there. Go back up a little bit, Mark. Oh, with the howls. Oh yeah, we yeah. got a row of howls. Yeah. Yeah. Two and yeah, rams like look like three, three mobats. Yeah. Three turrets Mo of a mobat. Yeah. Two mobats. Yeah. Three mobats. Yeah. So things are kind of in perspective within the panels. Mm-hmm. But it'd be a hard page. It'd be hard to to try to I don't know, just design that, work everything in. And I'm sure that like just a little, it, it's working at such a small scale. Yeah. Um, I, I was I was just looking up, trying to remember what what um, kind of the the name was of this effect, where you've kind of got a, a single image and you've got the characters working their way through it, because you know we're you know transitioning. You're sort of following the uh, the, the U.S. mail van as it kind Tim of. Tim would know. You know, works it works its way through, and it's called. Uh, it's a variation of the Deluca effect, where huh. um, where the page is used like this with the characters sort of working. You know, sort of progressing through essentially a, a single static uh, image. Uh, and yeah, fun ex fun example is always uh, nice to see. Jin uh, Fin Wei Xin, page five of issue three. What a great page and what an unusual page. And I've pointed out several times in episodes of Talking Joe, uh, an element, a line of dialogue, a scene, a page of G.I. Joe, which you'd only see in G.I. Joe. And I don't mean because it has Cobra or it has, you know, particular G.I. Joe characters, but there's something about the workings of a G.I. Joe story. And um, this is one, you know, you know, in an Avengers X-Men comic, we might occasionally get, you know, like a new X-Men showing the mansion and then downstairs and the danger room and Cerebro to a new X-Men. Um, what's so fun about this page is that uh, two things. One, I can imagine that um, Joe fans or art collectors would not be interested in this page, right? It's a very early page, so of course people want it, but it's not an exciting uh, drawing or image, right? This has, this doesn't have a lot of wall power, uh, to use a, a term from someone who has sold me art. Uh, you know, if you frame this and put on your wall, I don't know that guests at your home would sort of stop and be blown away by it. They might sort of be intrigued by it. But um, uh, because this is just all uh, boxes, this is just all squares and rectangles, you know, if I squint, this feels much more like uh like a chris ware page this this feels like um uh what was it issue seven of david aha's hawkeye where um sorry anyway so um uh this page even though it was drawn by um herb trimpey uh it it sort of acts like um an elliot r brown page right elliot r brown drew all the vehicle diagrams for gi joe order of battle number four right we all think of trimpy it's doing all the pinups for order of battle but those only the first three issues um and and elliot r brown sort of famously drew diagrams for uh 
you know, Marvel Universe style pinups in various Marvel comics, you know, of the Punisher's van and his, his, the Punisher's warehouse and the Avengers Quinjet. Um, and uh, I think he did do one diagram of the pit, um, but here we see it um, uh, in action. What have we got up next? Aha, uh -huh. this is an interesting one. Yes. And this so... I didn't know about till someone posted on Comic Art Fans the historic, oh. you know, the what was going on in this page. I had no idea what it was. I didn't even realize it was from the that issue. So the guy says, if you want me to read this real quick, the two ink panels, oh. the two ink panels were published in G.I. Joe 7. The story published in G.I. Joe 6 and 7 was originally intended to be published as issues 3 and 4, which is why this page is labeled as being for issue 4. So if you look mm -hmm. at the top, I think, is where it... Yeah, up here, yeah. issue 4. Right. Um, it was to feature a pre-existing creator-owned Russian team called the Pravda Patrol, created by Herb Trimpey and Tom, Tom DeFalco. After the first of the two issues were inked, it was decided to replace the Pravda Patrol with original characters that Hasbro would fully own and control. <clears throat> Trimpey then had to redraw many panels, replacing the Pravda Patrol with the all-new October Guard and delaying the publication of the story by three months. That's the Pravda Patrol in the bottom panel of the page. There have been images of Xeroxes of the original art from issue six floating around since the internet since the 2000s. But this is the first time I've seen evidence that the second part of the story had been drawn before the decision was made to replace the Pravda Patrol. What an interesting new piece. So, yeah, I mean, that's information that like, it's great how the hobby people will find, you know, people that yeah. know things, you know, help educate everybody about posting things like that. And I had no idea what that was. I didn't know. I never heard of the Pravda Patrol. Until now. <laughs> and it's hard to read what they're posting at the bottom, typing in the bottom in pencil, yeah. um, even with it in front of me. But I just that's so cool how you have the, uh, you know, that art there and then they cross it out so they're not going to use that and then they use two panels yeah, they use two panels from it yeah and so it's it's literally kind of these two panels up here yeah yeah that were on on the on the previous page yeah yeah and here but it was they were supposed to and, be coming in a lot further. <laughs> yeah and then they've kind of recycled this the 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 sort of the bot this kind of buggy mm -hmm. idea twisted it yeah, it they, is here, and they've they've updated it from the Pravda Patrol look, and, <laughs> and using the uh, using the updated October Guard designs, and they've also yeah. then inserted in the the GI Joe uh, vehicle. And um, here's here's an it, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say here's another good. example of a of a page that was sort of radically transformed. Yeah. So this, this isn't from your collection. That looks on, like on, it though. That looks yeah, a lot on the, like on the, the left drawing. Exactly on on the left is the original Pravda pa Patrol. Oh. And then on the right is how, how it saw print with the October Guards um, designs oh, being yeah. being swapped out, and it and it was yeah all all really about I think the the IP that they. Where did you find that the, on the left? Is it on the internet? Uh, there's yeah, it's on the internet. There's a there's a page which has got a lot of this detail. I think it's called something like the the secret history of the Pravda Patrol. Okay. Well, that must so have been Diana. Her her outfit and everything is completely different. It's not just their faces. At first, I thought it was just their faces were swapped out, but like that, you know, the female character in the front has like a big, yeah. heavy jacket on, and then in the yeah. published piece, she's got That's like a shirt. Grainy. 
Yeah, look at the hat on the guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. On, this is helmets on yeah, some and the hat there. So, so you can see it here on. Just uh, like that. Track yeah. this down. The the on uh, the um, horror yeah. the sort of pro prototype horror show. He's he's there with his sort of top willy top hat. <laughs> that guy would probably be a better when horror he, show when he finally appears. Show. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I don't sacrilege. Yeah. <laughs> horror show is a classic. Well, yeah. He's kind of like John Goodman, though. The <laughs> other guy looked more like Jaws from James Bond. True, true. I'm more afraid of Jaws <laughs> from James Bond than I am John Goodman. No offense to John Goodman. <laughs> great actor. But... The great thing yeah. I like about this hobby, or what G.I. Joe is, we, we're finding information out still after all these years. There's like, well, yeah, it's amazing. It's 40, 40 years on, and, and you know, stuff like this is is still sort of, you know, coming out in dribs of drab, some of this sort of secret history of how how this stuff came came together it's uh yeah very interesting to see. and there's there's breaker always chewing that bubble gum yep. <laughs> gonna be nice and dusty in the desert ain't it <laughs> yeah not a good look. don't drive don't drive through a, a dust cloud <laughs> with your bubble gum out you know that's unnecessary <laughs> uh in the comments we've got uh, a hi there from da cloud who is a uh, one of one of my children is is watching <laughs> from the other room so hi to you hi kids hey kids uh let's see what else have we got uh now up? while dad's occupied uh, get into his next. toys well that's it yeah yeah, yeah. um right what a piece of history this is that uh that we can see the process of Trimpy, uh, and then you know behind the scenes editorial, uh, you know probably Tom DeFalco. Um, that's who that's who edited issue one, right? Um, and didn't Tom DeFalco write the Pravda Patrol story that that Trimpy drew, and they own it? Uh, you guys probably just said this. Um, I don't have anything to add. It's it's just really exciting to see uh, the process, right? We're I'll say this: we're used to the process when it comes to animation art for G.I. Joe, uh, you know, um, uh, model sheets for characters, uh, storyboards, um, um, some pencil layout drawings, and then of course, some animation cells. Uh, certainly for toys, right? We've seen lots of toy development art, um, sketches, color studies, paintings. Uh, we don't see a lot of this for the comics because um, the, the sort of the ratio of what gets put into the sausage grinder and then what comes out as, I guess that's not a good analogy because everything you put in the sausage grinder becomes sausage. So that'd be a one-to-one -one ratio. Um, with animation and with toys, there's a great deal of art that gets made and then we see the final product. And with comics, there's a small amount of artwork and just about that gets released as the comic. So um, as a piece of process and history, it's great to see this. And then, you know, as I mentioned in a previous episode, when we were looking at Trimpy pencils that hadn't been inked, it's also really great to see his lines, you know, before they've been marked upon. Here we go. It's issue 16. Oh, I love CoverGirl. Mm -hmm. The first appearance of CoverGirl. Yeah, very first and, panel appearance. And also Tripwire. Yeah. <laughs> and Tripwire, yeah. She's the one that we're, you know, even though, you know, it's 80s style kind of. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Jay, 
Jay's big into the into to Cover Girl as a character, aren't you? One of your one of your first I do. favorites. I do like Cover Girl. I think she should be. Uh, I don't. I guess I shouldn't say she's underused because I think IDW used her a good bit. But just you know, when you think of Joe, you know, you think of Duke, Scarlet, Baroness, Lady J, Flint. Yeah, you got to go deep to think Cover Girl. Cover Girl's not going to be on Thermos. <laughs> right. And and this page is is quite interesting to to look at because what you're seeing is, you know, the browning on the pages here, right? Right. And so what happens, oh, yeah. a lot. What happens the with a lot of these pages is the word bubbles that they paste like that. and I come off. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, so there's art underneath Oh, they bubbles. fell off. Yeah. And and I don't think I think the word bubbles are added on after the fact. Back then they were. Yeah. Yeah. To make them look like, you know, the, the page or the stats even, the cover. Even like if you have uh, like the Jim Lee artist edition, which was 90s, you know, 91, uh, 90, 90, 91, uh, the X-Men one. You see on those original pages, all of the word balloons, they were still cutting and, and pasting them on even at, mm -hmm. even at that time. It, yeah. You know, they hadn't gotten into doing it all digitally. I, I do but like yes. the pages that have the inked on word word bubbles better obviously because yeah they don't disappear and you know they don't fall off uh, yeah time and but it's know, neat though to see the art under it yeah what's under it yeah because you know we've never seen that before yeah exactly and and on this one you know here you can see on tripwire this you know the size of that word bub balloon it's actually chopping off the top bit of his head yeah it's, yeah. Uh, it's a big old uh, intrusive uh word balloon um and, Tripwire, uh, what a goofy character. <laughs> and I like I like what you you find in check the, rock uh, and roll out. The, <laughs> I like what you find in the in the in the margins as well. Yeah. It says here judge judgment, and what that would be is this this um, top uh, top word balloon where it says uh, a dead let letter stamp on your judgment, and you can see there's some whiteout over they spell the it wrong. Mint. <laughs> So, so they probably <laughs> spelt it wrong, and now yep. they're, they're they're correcting it with a bit of white. It looks like they've changed changed probably what they wrote on that uh, in the middle of that that word wow. as well, where it says "put far in your your belly." Yeah, see, check it out. All that stuff was done by hand. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's a talent, you know, for for sure. The 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 letterers who were who were doing it, you know, actually putting pen to to paper, and you know trying to create these precise letter forms to to you know be reproduced on on the comics it's um you know it's a it's a real art form uh in its in itself yeah i bet you if, if you do have yeah the the page to to hand pull that you run your finger over it you'll you'll sort of find uh the 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 sort of that those letters are slightly raised from the the white out oh yeah yeah and the issue, the page before that's also in the collection. It has the first appearance of the Wolverine itself. The, uh huh. Uh, but Cover Girl is not in that page. You, her, her word balloon is so she's saying something in it, but it's only the Wolverine. And then the next page, you see her for the first time in that panel there, and you see Tripwire in the very like behind the clouds there, or the dust, whatever that is. So, you know, Howie was looking for like the. Best pages from each issue too, I think, because first appearance, first panel appearances are amazing. You know, you just don't. Yeah, they're hard to find. They're one of a kind. It's not only you get one of a kind, kind, yeah, 
but the panel is one of a kind, you know? Yeah. And it's got some it's got some great dialogue on this page, that yeah. introduction and the sort of the, the snippiness between uh, Cover Girl and uh, Scarlet, yeah. who's, who's no longer the sole female on the team. Catfight. She says, well, I should certainly hope I'm more charming than a dead skunk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hammer's got a, a real uh, ear for, for dialogue. I'm always interested in whiteout. When I see you know, the, the this word balloon in uh, in panel two, right? It's the third word balloon of panel two because we can see that two have fallen off, right? Because rubber cement does not last forty years. Um, but uh, uh, put fire in your belly and then stamp and then the final word judgment. Uh, when I see that whiteout, uh, you know, I sort of I take a guess at what got fixed, and usually it's a letter or forgot a word, I think, because they're working really quickly, right? I'm not trying to cast aspersions on Marvel letterers um, for not paying attention to the script, right? It's just like typing a, a paper for your teacher, right? You, you know, you proofread it and you realize that you made a mistake and then you fix it, right? So someone else in the office proofreads this and then, you know, marks it up with blue pencil. Um, right there, there it is on the, on the side. Uh, judgment, J-U-D-G-M-E-N-T, right? It was probably spelled uh, with an extra E in the middle and then it got fixed. Um, it's fun to see, uh, that, you know, having a page with all of its word balloons or with none of its word balloons, cause maybe they were on a separate plastic layer. Um, that's sort of the most pure experience of the original art. And this is this, uh, halfway point where, um, some of the word balloons have fallen off and others haven't. So, um, as an artifact, this is, um, this is unusual. It's still fun to see those uh, panels three, four, five, and to some extent six and seven uh, as silent because we can we can appreciate the storytelling differently, right? That you get these, you know, this double take and this this sly look on Covergirl's face, and then uh, Tripwire um, enters the scene, right? It, how many Joes get get three panels where the camera is locked and doesn't move as their introduction uh, to a to a page or an issue? Let's see. What have we got coming up next? Whoa. Oh, wow. Nelly. Yes. So, that's, yeah. so here it is. It's the centerpiece of, it uh, of the collection. Issue 25 cover. Mm -hmm. First Zartan cover. Second Mike, Mike Zek cover. Second Mike Zek cover of uh, G.I. Joe. Um, to me, it, it, when it came up at Heritage last year, last summer, I was determined to get it. I was happy it went in my budget, which was, <laughs> you could look at the price and it was, I couldn't go too much more, but I knew if I didn't get one, then if I didn't get this, this cover, yeah. I would never probably be able to afford a cover like this for, you know, in my lifetime, because just the later issue cover, I think there was one with tunnel rat and the Cobra Pogo and Cobra commander, you know, version two was like a $12,000 cover this year. And and that's a later issue. I think it was number 57 or something. I can't remember exactly what, but mm. early Zach, if Chuck doesn't have in his collection, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> well, that's a lot of it, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, there aren't that <laughs> many, not... obviously. And there aren't that many early ones. And, and you know, I know the, I, I don't know the guy personally, but I know him on comic art fans, the guy who owns issue 24, which cover, which is the first, you know, Zach cover with Storm Shadow, you know, escaping the, the headquarters and and Cobra Commanders swooping in on the claw. 
and that's that's an amazing cover too. And then this is the second one. It just got everything. You see the action there. You know, it just it, all the action just with the with the uh, you know the the machine gun and the and, and Zartan. It's got Cobra Commander, Zartan, Airborne, Wild Bill, the Water Moccasin, the, the Dragonfly. I mean, it has it all. <laughs> And, uh, you know, this is it. It's like, doesn't get better than this for me, you know. And zooming in here, you can you can make out all sorts of interesting details as well. It looks like there's white out there mm -hmm. on uh, hood, yeah. uh, Zartan's cowl and, and arms and the beginnings in pencil of uh, oh, wow, writing yeah. United States uh, on the on the you know, back of the. the what why I didn't leave that on. Yeah, I don't know. It is Zipatone on there. A lot of Zipatone. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over, over the bottom of the that well, and the dragonfly. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't know if uh, I'll I'll zoom in on myself a second actually, but I I don't know if this is news to you as well. But but the issue twenty five wasn't the only place that it saw print. Oh yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yep. This is Action Force uh, weekly issue ten as well which i think was when the first issue i got when i started reading the oh really uh the marvel uh reprints of uh, marvel uk re reprints in, in the pages of action force and um it kind of it has more painterly color to it so they've clearly taken the a, a black and white version right of uh, of the image and then recolored it um which um uh, which is probably it's a bit, bit more subtle the the you know, uh, than than the kind of slightly more stark, brighter colors uh, on the on the GI Joe. That's cool uh, version, but um, yeah. So so if you've not got that one, got got that one, maybe seek it out. I will. <laughs> so, I will have to hunt that one down too. Hey Mark, zoom in on Zartan's waist. Action <laughs> Force Ten. I'm just. Uh, that's right. Yep. Okay. I think Marvel I might have done. Yep. <laughs> zoom in on his waist. Yeah, so I think that's zoom. supposed to be. Under, I think that that's supposed to be flesh right there, like a midriff. And if you scroll yeah, over to the published cover, he does have that in his in the figure. Yeah, and, and if you scroll plate. over to the published cover, it's it's like, oh yes, it is, isn't it? It's published. They've it's, published it's, it white all the way white. down. Oh mm. yeah. Oh, I used to hate it when they do stuff like that. You know what? I go have through a every issue of GI Joe <laughs> and be like, colors mistake, and I'd just be so mad. <laughs> Well, what about the cartoons? Like, uh, like Transformers was notorious for changing the colors, and like in the movie, Transformers the movie, you got different colors of the wrong characters, and you know. oh yeah, don't even get me started. <laughs> and I, and the the one of the cool things about this cover as well is that it was on a TV advert. So actually, yeah, oh so yeah, back in the day, millions of uh, GI Joe fans and kids would have. Would have seen, seen this, this being image. So I've, I've actually I've uh, I've got it ready to sh to show. So just a bit of fun. Let's have a look at the original uh, advert as it aired. Awesome. If anyone can stop Joe, it's that evil master of disguise. Changes color before your eyes. Sartan has an evil plan just for GI Joe. A real American hero. Your plan is not working, Sartan. Roll, Commander. Watch. Follow the further adventures of G.I. Joe and Marvel Comics. There we go. Do you remember exactly seeing that back in the day? In the comic book? <laughs> not exactly. I don't recall the commercials for the comic books, actually. 
I saw, I remember seeing some here and there. It was never something like, you know, for me, it didn't do what it was supposed to do. I don't think, cause I just, I didn't, I don't remember seeing them often enough. Well, it did what Hasbro they made a big difference, do, you know, which was, to I was already, I was already hooked. I didn't watch need the toys that made us, cartoons. which is a great series. Yeah. They told you why they did it that way. And yeah. It worked. <laughs> the, the part that I loved about that episode was when they're all, you know, the, the exec is like, I don't know. I don't know. And then they play the theme song. And right. as soon as he hears the theme song, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is yeah. a winner. We're going with this. And I'm like, it was the song that did it. Yeah. <laughs> it did it for a lot of us. That's that yeah. opening is one of the, the opening song is one of my favorite <laughs> musical, you know, pieces of TV on TV out of all of them, I think. Very good. Um, and yeah, just curious your approach when when you're coming to a bid to something like this. Do you do you sort of go in early, all in, and then just sort of walk away and go right? You know, it's no, in the hands of the gods one, now. If or... I really want to win a piece, I was I won it at the end in the live. You know, and oh, wow. and okay. I put the you know I put my bid in and I waited it out and I was like, if somebody bids over, I don't know if I can go one more because after they put the buyer's premium on. I was already over 20 grand, you know, so uh, you keep you if a couple bids later, it could be already 30 grand. And oh. that was summer of last year. So it's probably more than that now, <laughs> you know, it'd probably be over, you know, a $30,000 page now. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just good timing, I guess, when it was put out there, you know, the cover to issue five is coming up on uh, Heritage. Okay, um, wow. The tank and the or the cobra, the the yeah, that covers up in September's heritage. I it'd be interesting to see where it ends. I'm not. I mean, I'll probably bid. I'll probably bid, be outbid early on when I, I'll probably throw a ten thousand dollar bid or something. But knowing it's not going to hold up, but that one, I'm interested to see where that ends up. Oh, I meant to do it on me, right? Oh, yep, that's the cover. That one, yeah, it, an interesting cover because it's. Sort of not quite so big Again, on yeah, a lot of the main characters. So it's, you know, it's from the fact that it's, you know, number it, it five and it's an early so early on in the run. Top five but issue. That's the thing, not, but it's such an early issue. But it's not kind of flashy in, in sort of, in terms it's of spotlighting a real big fan favorite right. character. Who uh, Who is that cover done by? Ooh. You know? That would have been Trump, wouldn't it? Is it Trump? I don't know if he did the covers too, did he? I think so. Yeah. It's Trimp, not Trimpy. I I always screw up everybody's name. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I've heard both. Trimpy, right. Yeah, Trimpy, I think, isn't it? I've heard both for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who does that look like? Hmm. I'm not sure. I think the. I think that's who it is. You can look it up on comics.org or something. Yeah, it's quite, quite a sort of muscular, a muscular style to it. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't like to, wouldn't like to lay down my entire reputation. Somebody in the watching? One. Anyone watching? Yeah, yeah. Live if, you're, <laughs> if you're watching and want to do our do our research for us, help us out. Us. Okay. Um, second. <laughs> cover by. Or you know we can leave our guests. Oh, cover that. artist Don Perlin and Mike. Espino. Oh. Okay. Don Perlin did do like. A lot of interiors like uh, yeah two and yeah cool. 
Cover to issue 25. Uh, Larry Hama did pencil the sketch for this cover, right? This composition is not a uh, Zek original, but it is so much fun. It's so fast. Um, some of Zek's covers are all about anatomy and bodies, like that Devil's Due cover um, with Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, uh, you know, the cover to 53, the cover to 41. Um, some of his covers are um, equal parts about characters and vehicles. And um, uh, there's a softness. I, I sometimes, when I think of Mike Zek's art, I think of, um, these words are inadequate, but um, I think of a certain um, sharpness to his lines and edges. Um, uh, and the, the inking on uh, Snake Eyes' body, his, his torso and his legs in that Devil's Due cover um, uh, is an example of that, right? Just a little bit of, of um, just a little bit of feathering, right? From those, uh, those black uh, lines. Um, here, Zek is only spotting blacks for shadow, right? Like the inside front on the left side of the water moccasin, that black just behind Cobra Commander, the underside of the dragonfly. Um, and there's something really animated about this cover. Um, I think a lot of this comes from Hama's composition. Um, I don't know that the fact that this sort of scene gets animated, I don't know how directly that's going to influence Hama's uh, sense of sketching in his uh, in his layout. Um, I don't know how much that's going to influence Zach in his approach. Um, that you know, an animated commercial is going to somehow make the artwork sort of uh, uh, softer, less sort of detailed, um, looking less like comics and looking more like animation. And and this might not make sense. I might not be uh, communicating this properly, but. You know, I look at Zartan's pose, and clearly this is comics art on Bristol. This is drawn in ink. This is not an animation cell. But something about how uh, Zek and, and Beatty uh, have reduced some of the details. Um, um, also, uh, a, a credit to Hama's composition in that um, if you were to... Um, if you were to hire a bunch of artists to, if you were to describe this cover for a bunch of people and have them all take turns trying to draw this cover, like, okay, I have two Joes in a helicopter and I have two Cobras on a Cobra vehicle. Um, the helicopter's firing um, and the vehicle is a water vehicle, right? And uh, it's the swamp. I need a little indication of swamp, right? But the, the only thing missing is like sunset or like storm clouds in the background, right? We're just leaving the sky behind the rotor blade and the logo neutral because uh, it's too busy for anything else up there. But um, Hama very smartly in his layout um, turns the water moccasin towards the camera so that it's somewhat foreshortened, but that we still get the sense of its shape uh, and, and what it does. Um, and there's this very strong overlap, uh, sorry, that's not the word, um, placement of uh, logo, helicopter, water moccasin, water vehicle, right? Um, that, that sort of all the elements in this are very powerful um, and uh, nothing is competing with anything else. Just a really smart composition um, and uh, Zach and Beatty just knock this out of the park. What a, what a gorgeous, what a gorgeous, gorgeous object. 
All right. What have we got up next? I'm clicking yeah, on the wrong place. It is. Oh, nice. It's issue 30. It's a, yep. it's a classic issue um, with this... some great Frank Springer. Well, the reason why I picked this one is because I love how it's the it's it looks more cartoony, like the cartoon, like with mm -hmm. Duke's face, you know, and uh, at the bottom left and Cobra Commander. To me, it reminds me a lot of the cartoon. Um, and I like Springer. He's one of I, I love him on Transformers. And I love his Joe work and uh, just the amount of characters he put in. And I try to pull pages from different artists so you can get a look at, you know, the differences. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a big Springer fan. So. See, I never was a, a big Springer fan, but I think, again, looking at this in black and white, if I got a, a chance to look at him again, you know, mm -hmm. uh, art, artistically, I might might be more appreciative of it. But as a kid, I when he came on the book, I just thought that it was a change from a, a very neat style to a, a sloppy kind of style. And it was not a big Springer fan. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a yeah, slight, slight more sort of like kind of looseness to yeah. to his style mm -hmm. compared to to kind of. If you look uh, at like Wiggum, very tight style. Particularly, I think you know the fact that he had Wiggum, you know, sort of coming right in on his yeah. tail. Yeah. Um. You know, and, and for for me, he he's like the sort of definitive GI Joe artist almost. I think that kind of puts him in a you know. Yeah, it puts it at a kind of a difficult benchmark yeah. to hold himself up against. But but sort of. Um, yeah, I think I think for sure he's still uh, a real classic uh, GI Joe. Uh, but you know, I think Joe Springer art. only did six issues. Yeah, very few. And as a kid, I thought that it was more. And, and looking back on it, I thought, oh, you know, Springer had a long run. And then when I get to looking at right. it, I was like, well, he really only did six issues. Yeah, when you're, you know, when you were that age. Yeah, I guess when they're when they're coming out, you know, six six months feels like two years. So <laughs> yeah, so for half a year or whatever it is, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. This doesn't look good, but yeah, looking at it now, I mean, and I just you see so much more of what the artist intended. I feel like yes, without the color, and I mean, you know, Tim and Tim and I and Mark have talked about this how things seem to be in more modern comics uh, overcolored, and I like the simpler color palette. But I think that when they were published, I think just the printing yeah. a lot of mm -hmm. times you know, would create muddy areas and, and spots where you really weren't able to appreciate the original artwork as much. Yeah, some of some of the crispness of the the lines, yeah. particularly when it's sort of the the you know meeting the mud slightly muddy color printing, it's sort of like just yeah, look at yeah, the yeah, difference in, in in how much you're able to to take in like like Duke, for example, in that top panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, much. You're being just done, looking at that. So you can see the shadows under the buckles on his bandolier. You know, just nice little details like that. And then mm -hmm. the published one, because it's just kind of washed out with one color. I don't know. Yeah, just more and more makes me think I'd love to see a artist some kind of black and white reprinting of all the all the original stuff. Yeah, one from each artist or something would be cool. Not the whole run. <laughs> <laughs> one through a hundred anyway I couldn't even do one that. issue yeah, <laughs> yeah. well All that's right. you know we got our silent interlude our black and white hardcover of that which was nice yeah 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 because I, I mean i think it's that you, you know when you're looking at the original art it isn't that you necessarily have to see it's it's less about sort of telling the story and trying to read it as a comic because 
there's a comic that exists that you know already for that purpose it's it's more about sort of you know see, seeing really the the whole detail of the you know of the uh, original art and how it appeared appeared on the page and you only need a sampling um to kind of to achieve that you don't need a you know entire entire issue so yeah a few yes, pages here and there in the in much the way that you've assembled <laughs> Paul I think is uh yeah the, the perfect way of achieving I want that. entire issues Mark <laughs> everything, everything what is this selective crap you're talking about yeah <laughs> handsome looking duke in panel four i know we've got a duke fan or two out there who watch and listen to the show um i guess i don't have anything that uh oh oh uh, there's a bunch of whiteout okay there's a bunch of whiteout um one two three on the right side of panel three um, where, and you can see some blue line pencil where a word balloon, uh, looked like it was going to cover up, uh, wild bill. Uh, no, not wild bill. Who's the second person, uh, in the, uh, in the gurney and was sort of pointing towards snake eyes. So either a little bit of dialogue got dropped or it got moved to the next panel, or it was going to go there and, and it got corrected or moved to go on the left side of the panel. Um, I'm interested in that whiteout uh, at the top of panel uh, three. Also, uh, you know, fun to see someone talking into a radio, and I'm always excited to see uh, word balloons with jagged edges for, um, you know, talking through a speaker. <laughs> okay, here's a big one for me. This is my this is my favorite issue uh, yeah, of the great. entire GI Joe run. Uh, issue um, 31 with the first uh, time uh snake eyes uh meets timber too i think right is this the first spirit oh i don't think hard hard to remember off the top of my head i don't think it's the first spirit but it's i don't know genuinely Actually, yeah I'm curious this was my first marvel page that i did get on ebay like first of the marvel one and um i was bidding on this and there was another sweet page with Firefly dropping a, a grenade into the cabin. Oh yeah! Wow. And yeah, it was yeah. Timber attacking him, and I really wish I won the Timber page because that's my favorite from it. But I didn't. I won this one. Um, I don't know who won. If Howie won the Timber one, and he ended up selling it later or trading it. But all the pages from this are like darker than the other issues. Or like I have two of them from this, and they're all like kind of like a like like. A, Paper's yellowed, like, like. Mm -hmm, yeah. yellowed. Mm -hmm. yeah. You don't see it because you you must uh, or must be you can't tell here really that much, but it is much darker beep, even on my site. Beep. <laughs> um, yeah, I wonder. I wonder whether whether potentially it was a page that I mean I've not seen a whole bunch from from this issue, but whether it might have been displayed. Well, like I said, there, I have two now from this mm. page issue, and they're both like dark. Like dark, dark okay. yellow. So I think something with the book where the book was stored, the pages for this book were okay. must have been stored in a different environment or something. Spirit's mm. got some Masters of the Universe gauntlets on there. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? <laughs> He's a He-Man fan. Yeah. Spiritor. Oh, it first, it's the first full appearance. Nice. Of Spirit, Aryan Knife, and Timber. So he must be uh -huh. have a cameo in an issue right before it or something. But it's the first full appearance. Kind of like 25 is the first full appearance of Zartan, even though he's in that last panel. Yeah. 
at 24. Um, I don't know. For me, first appearance is first appearance. Like you see the guy for the first time. Like Hulk 180. <laughs> Hulk 180 is the first appearance. I don't care if it's a cameo. It's the first time you see Wolverine in a panel. It's Wolverine. If you don't see the guy and you hear him talking, okay, that's not really an appearance on okay. screen. That's just his voice, you know. To appear. me, here. Yeah, the appearance. Key word. Yes. Full cameo cares, you know. <laughs> so that's really cool, though. Yeah, it's great. I always I, love the airdrops. Yeah. So yeah, it puts me in mind of issue 21 a little bit with yeah. the snake guys sort of jumping out the back of, uh, you know, in a similar similar way. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great page. Blast. Great example from this. Beepers disappeared. In Jersey. <laughs> in- <laughs> What'd you say? It says in, in Jersey. Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're out in the mountains somewhere. Um, yeah. Uh, does it say what, what, where they're at? Is it like? High Sierras. This is the High Sierras. Sierra. Yeah. That's what they always kind of, you know. Yeah, the Sierras. That's what they would call it. Yeah. Is that um, like yeah, as a, Nevada or as something? The kid is like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if you're sure it's a real place. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be like Benzene or Trucial Abysmier or something yeah. like that. I don't know. Later yeah. over the Sierra. It, it rings true, doesn't it? It's, it feels it sounds true in life. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's I live in Ohio. I don't know. Oh, do you? Yeah. I'm in Michigan. Not too far. <laughs> I know that's if 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 the high Sierras is a real place, it's on the other side of the country. <laughs> it is. It's on the west coast somewhere. The west side. <laughs> nice. Okay. And uh, oh yeah, so this prompt me this this would be first you know panel. in in terms of in terms of my this you know is my favorite issue. So I think from if if this was in my collection, it would probably be on the wall. But uh, how many of your pages are actually uh, up there on? on the wall and, and how have you decided which ones to go for? Well, I don't have a lot of wall space in this room because of uh, the shelves and cabinets and that. And I don't really trust it anywhere else in the house with kids. But <laughs> yeah, my answer is actually zero. And I have all my pages in portfolios. Um, oh, okay. And then all the portfolios are in a uh, large fireproof satchel that is supposed to be for bank money to be transferred yeah. <laughs> on airplanes and to for, you know survive crashes. So it's supposed to be fireproof, so it's all in there. Um, hope to never have to uh, test that. Test it exactly, but it's supposed to be fireproof, and that's really the reason I have it. And they're all in there, and I pull them out. Now you need walk. to find a way to fireproof that wall behind you. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, that's. I do have another safe that has some, uh, a little bit of smaller art, and I do have some nice comics. I have like the a Hulk one eighty one nine six. And I have Jeez, a, a one twenty nine nine six, and I bought those in the early two thousands when they were way cheaper than they are now. So, yeah, but they weren't cheap back then. They were. Took, <laughs> one year I took like I had a big bonus at the end of the year, and I I spent five grand on Hulk one eighty one nine six. I go, I'm never gonna be able to buy this again, probably. Oh my gosh! I bought yeah, it. Well, Bart will help you. Yeah, Bart's, <laughs> Bart's volunteering. My, yeah, my friend of the show, Bart will spirited. help you. My firstborn son is lo- named Logan also after Wolverine. Oh, wow. So, My son's middle name is Logan. And so I bought <laughs> that comic kind of for me to have and then to, to hand off to him when he's older to do whatever he wants with it. If he wants to put it down. I don't have any nice Wolverine comics to get him. Yeah. Yeah. I suggested. I suggested. <laughs> I got Wolverine uh, number 50 with the die cut. Cover. Oh, yeah. Give him yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, had a yeah fancy a fancy uh, <laughs> gimmick cover, and all yeah. of those have just shot right. up in value and kept their value. Oh so, yeah, yeah, sure. 
Yeah. So yeah. Paying for our, our college tuition with those. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe when the kids exactly. are moved out and I can I can take one of the bedrooms and turn it into an art uh, room. I'll, I'll frame a bunch and put them up. Um, nice. But I don't open this, the window. I have one window in this room and it's never open. Yeah. So there's no sun coming in. <laughs> it'll affect, it'll affect the toys and, you know, I don't want any yellow. Wants to know if, <laughs> well, it wants to know if he can be adopted at the 46. age of 46. <laughs> oh, man. I don't want any more kids. <laughs> especially down in their 40s <laughs> um but yeah it's the dilemma of a of a collector as well that you want to display all of this stuff but then the the sun is your is yeah, your enemy. The enemy that's the sun in the sky also the the children as well they they are generally the other uh, thing is just having a real estate like paul said <laughs> there's you know you don't have that much shelves or uh, wall space you don't you and know you don't want to put it in a basement because it's you know oh yeah damper sometimes even though it's finished mm-hmm. it's still damper i don't have enough people that that come over that would appreciate that want to see it yeah. like i had some i had some dads come for a party for my son's baseball team and i brought yeah. them up in here and they were impressed with it all and they like the toys they don't really have any of their own and they they used to have them as a kid and they yeah. were impressed with that all but you know and i did show them some of the art and they thought it was cool and um but not i don't get like the people that really would appreciate it coming to visit yeah problem is, is people live everywhere you know and so it's it's you know eventually and then covid with covid you know people aren't going anywhere to visit people's <laughs> not so much anymore <laughs> yeah yeah oh well rod wiggum's art is so crisp um it's page eight of issue 31 um lovely inking on that mountain in the background uh, of the first panel. Um, Mostly wordless storytelling, right? Just the beep. Um, Really lush inking. As as pretty as this is, and I know that a lot of fans, for for many fans, you know, Rod Wiggum's uh, run on G.I. Joe is sort of a definitive look for G.I. Joe. That's what G.I. Joe comics should look like. Or, you know, so the, the Rod Wiggum, Ron Wagner, like American adventure style of G.I. Joe. Um, as pretty as this is, right, I look at panel three and Spirit's um, eyes and nose um, and all of the care that Wiggum is putting into the details on hair, clothing folds, the, that parachute in the second to last panel. And this is definitely a case where as an artist um, continues in their career, they get A, better, and B, they reduce. Rod Wiggum's art in the last 10 years, you know, he draws a, a newspaper comic strip called Gil Thorpe, which is a, a sports strip. Um, and he you know, did some covers for G.I. Joe uh, 10 years ago, a long time ago. Um, his stuff, um, he's, he's very slightly cartooning now in his faces. He has reduced, he's taken a lot of detail art and there is, there is, there is more um, confidence uh, in his art. So as, as much as I love his uh, you know, G.I. Joe work from you know, 85 or so, um, that his, his stuff has continued to progress um, uh, you know, if, if Wiggum magically wanted to go back and draw just like this, um, I don't think he could. Uh, it would be exciting if he, you know, packed in more detail, but he doesn't need to. He, he, can, he can express as much 
with less. So um, I love this panel, uh, this page. I also love how Wiggum's work has has progressed over the years. Okay, what's up next? So we are moving on to issue thirty-six. Yes. Oh, nice. so yes. That's one of my favorite to, issues. We yes. spoke to Chuck, and um, he shared the original uh, Michael Golden uh, cover art yeah. to to this. And so now we're seeing one of oh, the yeah, I love uh, that cover pages too. from the interior. It's the the last page from the book. Well, you actually and... can see, yeah, you see the panel there above that last panel. It's in the background is the flag. And then you really see the flag in all its force. Now that's actually a, it's original art, but it was pasted on top of whatever this, what was under, I don't know what's under that. Oh yes, I see. Mm -hmm. So it's, it was either they didn't like what was done on the page and they redid it and pasted it on. That's all I can think of, you know, or maybe it was done designed at the end and they didn't have anything under there. I, I thought I held it to the light and didn't see anything under there. So, um, hmm. That's cool. Though. Look at it. it's pull. It's it's hoisting up the 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 whale. And look how tiny the whale is compared to it. So, <laughs> yeah. The only way to know for sure is to pick at it and see. Uh... Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> see what it could be. Don't oh. listen to him. No. Do I'm not that it, OCD. Do <laughs> I don't want to ruin. You it. know what's funny is if they did paste that on there because it was an art correction. That you know, that doesn't look like the flag. I mean, it, it looks similar to the flag but it's not like if somebody what? like a robert atkins or somebody you know went to his tank and pulled up an accurate picture and you know it's it's kind of a it, it's more like what what you know what they did back then when reference wasn't as plentiful it's just it, oh, it, let's draw it, a generic it, it, aircraft uh, carrier it, it right may here. have been the panel the above the toy was developed you know it might yeah. have been you know You'll see that with the rattler. Those rattlers yeah. are completely the same. A lot of the a lot of the toys in the earlier uh, issues, you know, yeah, you can go back and look at them and say, well, that's not entirely accurate. And Breaker doesn't have a beard, too much of a beard in the comics, right? More, <laughs> not as fully developed as it is on the toy. Yeah. Um, he has like five o'clock shadow in the comic, and he's got a full brown beard on the eighty-two toy. Yeah. You have to be a brave, a brave. Uh, bubblegum blower to uh, to be doing that with a full beard exactly right <laughs> <laughs> never touch this stuff myself so this is a great <laughs> yeah cutter and yeah got the way oh, this is uh Torpedo. yeah this is deep six there deep and six. his non-refrigerator outfit no jobs in there some some reason torpedo yeah yep. snow job in his uh snow outfit exactly it's like what <laughs> <laughs> It's like Storm Shadow running around with bare sleeves in the snow and the comic or in the cartoon. And oh, the best I one is the, is one of the ones where they were there was a fight at Fort Knox or something. Torpedo comes into the room and he's got full <laughs> air breathing apparatus on yes. flippers, everything you know. In the middle, well, there of was Fort water Knox. in the train station. <laughs> okay, yeah, I've put on the I've put on the screen Rod Wiggum, but I'm now doubting myself. I think that might be Mark Bright, mightn't it? No, no, that's too early for Bright. Uh, let me see. This is issue 36. All the ships at sea. I mean, Torpedo's face looks a little bit like yeah, Bright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the issue where they'd cut it up and they'd divided the art between Rod, Rod Wiggum, Mark Bright, Larry Hammer. Okay. So, oh, so Mark this is Bright. Okay. Bright. I didn't think Bright did anything Bright. that early. No, yeah, he just did this as a one-off. Um, 
so yeah he did no i think i think you're probably right i think um rod wiggum did most of those sequences yeah that's interesting it's rod wiggum mark bright larry Yahama, and bob can is there a name on that page so he did no i don't believe there was a name on it yeah no actually um, yeah 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 so so mike mark bright did a lot of the uh did a lot of the whale sequences and uh yeah looking at how how he's drawn torpedoes face in those and and how he looks there i think that probably is uh a bright hmm. it could be i wonder if somebody else did the flag at the end and sent it that the last panel looks like springer to me be. maybe uh could be someone else the last just did bob that camp and what if what if Bob Camp did that and sent it and sent it to the to be put on? <laughs> I, I think whoever did the flag at the bottom didn't do the rest of the panels. Yeah, it sounds like. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Yeah, I, mean, I think that that flag looks like Springer. But yeah, I, he's not. I didn't hear his name in the credits. No, yeah, he's not. Oh, right. <laughs> maybe it's, uh, yeah. The flag is running high in the water. We can see the red line. Yeah, it's true. It's not. Yeah, he's running high in the uh, water. It's not. It's not got much. Uh, it's got a lot of a lot of the flag above the waterline. Yeah. Uh, tide's there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's the tide. <laughs> See, the ocean is lower than it would normally be. Well, but look at the okay. colored page. I mean, they, yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah, you can see the red line there. Yeah. The red line is that. Is that toy? Is that toy accurate? That the flag has got a red line. I don't on? think no, so. It doesn't now have a red line on it. Honestly, the first time I got the flag, I was a little disappointed in the bottom being just these this frame of rails. That's what everybody says. And a skirt on the sides. Yeah. The top is amazing, and the you know the tower. The tower is all right. I mean, it's only half of it, and yeah, this just the 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 scope of the length of the landing strip. Is yes, amazing. the the scale of it is that it can hold up. like all these large. You're paying for the landing strip. Vehicles, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Or the box that one. Location, box location, location. Right. Yeah. Ooh, a Mark Bright page from issue 36. Uh, um, that that face, one, two, three, four, Cutter's face in panel four um, is a is a like loud ringing bell for Mark Bright. Um, Mark Bright was one of the first artists in comics whose style I could recognize. Um, I see a lot of Neil Adams and John Byrne um, in his in his faces and in his musculature, um, but I also know that you know he he um, has other influences. Uh, you know he he did a little a little bit of um, science fiction painting. He did a book cover or two, and he. Um, painted a cover, two covers um, for Marvel, and the uh, three covers, three covers, uh, Transformers, Super Boxers, and Nick Fury versus Shield uh, for Marvel. Um, but uh, you know, to me, Mark Bright eyes, uh, I could, I can spot them a mile away, and I love them because my first issue of GI Joe was drawn by Mark Bright, and it's fun and and strange to me that before his run on GI Joe, he had a hand in an issue or two. Uh, when clearly there were some deadline troubles because issues 35 and 36 uh, are drawn by so many people. Um, definitely the sign of a book running behind schedule. Yeah, um, I always <laughs> just wanted to have the general 
keel hall figure. I thought he was a cool looking figure, and I was like, man, I'm never going to get that figure. Yeah, they have a yeah. mail you can buy, just him. So, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was okay. Up out next, of the game. it's yeah, nice from year book three. Three, yes. that's Wagner. This Wagner with yep. Kim DeMolder on inks. This was my I first timber. I, so I own huskies, so I've always had oh, wow. huskies growing up. And timber being a wolf has been like my favorite character in G.I. Joe forever. I had a Norwegian elk count as a kid because snake eyes had timber. Yeah, <laughs> I, my huskies looked like I have a husky now that's white and gray, it looks like timber a lot. Damn, look at intruder arm. She's got an Uzi on her back, a <laughs> knife on her arm, two stars. Looks like a Mac 10 on her hip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's going out of back. She's loaded. And that's that's a really interesting panel. And I, if you got it to hand, it'd be interesting to, to sort of see up close. But, you know, because it's it's a black, entirely with black white panel lines. with white ink. So, so I'm guessing that they've used some sort of whiteout to kind of draw that that sort of x-ray effect and it, it looks like it maybe it's raised in um yeah you know, like get, the, get the pen we it don't want you to like, take the page like, out paul it looks like it's kind of on Unless a raised you got it layer here. like uh, maybe it's I could have been done separately and then stuck on okay here it is uh, did i Oh, oh yeah, it is. It's a stat actually. The entire intruder armed. This mm-hmm. whole thing is a stat, all one piece, smooth. It's a pasted on. So I wonder if he made that in some. You know, I mean, now it'd be easy enough, uh, and then just print it. And everything paste else it is. Art. I always wonder about the production stuff like that. Everything know? else is art on the page. There's no. Uh... Mm. Well, like it could be it could be like he did it in on as a black line on white paper and then they used uh some sort of reproduction to just invert the colors it. and then and then print it like that if yeah, it, i don't if, see anything behind it but it's dark is it kind of got a glossiness to yes, it like it, it is, is. Print it's glossy mm-hmm. yep it's very glossy interesting I always like, especially like if you look at Howard Chaykin, <laughs> you know, different production techniques and just tricks like that, you know, that now it's, you know, it's something like that is easy. You could do that in Photoshop in yeah. five minutes. But back then to pull off those kind of effects, they really had to put their minds behind. Yeah, they have to think you know, about coming up exactly with the process. How, how would they do that? Yeah, even right now, traditionally. If I wanted to do that, I could do that with a, a a jelly roll white pen. It'd be easy enough. But back then, you couldn't get any of those. No, no, no. There was no, no, no such thing as a white pen, believe me, in 1989. Uh, well, somebody wants to prove me wrong. Go ahead. Go ahead. Eternal rivalry between Scarlet and the Baroness. In yeah. my, uh, or at least there should be. They should in my be pencil like... box, I've got now you could do that. This, this is a mm-hmm. Posca white right. pen, and this is a Unibull Signo white pen. So, you know, Jelly Roll is the one days, that I even use. just I, I forget whether it was J. Scott Campbell or Robert Atkins that, that turned me on to that brand, but it makes a really nice line. <laughs> but what's no is the page also scratch and sniff. 
it's yeah it, it smelled uh like like intelligence secret intelligence it was wet dog i would say <laughs> yes wet dog uh Ugh. cleaning materials because she's dressed wet as wolf. a housekeeper nice Four hours. <laughs> A page from yearbook three. Oh, fun that <laughs> fun little detail that in the in the very top it's it's marked GI Joe annual, uh, which which doesn't mean anything because there'd already been two GI Joe yearbooks uh, published. Uh, I own a page, two pages from this story, uh, so it's exciting to see other pages from this story. Um, you know, Wagner at his best. Um, great storytelling in that second panel, which which I'm going to guess was called out for in Larry Hama's plot um, that that Scarlet in disguise, um, we see her and in the same pose and probably lined up, we see the, the X-ray uh, on the screen. Um, this was actually the first G.I. Joe story I ever read uh, maybe a year before I sort of bought my real first issue of G.I. Joe, an aforementioned Mark Bright comic. And uh, I think I was uh, confused that this didn't have uh, words. Um, but, uh, you know, G.I. Joe fans tend to love their wordless G.I. Joe stories. And, you know, issue 21 gets all the attention and issue 86 gets a little attention. And then uh, everyone forgets, although I feel like we've done a good job mentioning it a lot recently. Um, that there is a wordless story in G.I. Joe Yearbook 3. What does it say? Typeset. Re... Oh, reverse. Okay. So, oh, okay. So, um, yeah, you can see a little cut line. Um, we're in panel 2 where it says intruder armed, uh, and it's all black with white lines. So, Wagner, I'm trying to remember who inked this. Uh, Danny Bolandi? Sorry. Um, I forget. The anchor of this fine story uh, just drew black lines on white. And then because of this note, someone in production uh, took a photo of it and inverted it. Right. That's that's the Photoshop term. I don't know what the photographic term is, but um, uh, turn the black to white, turn the white to black. And so you get white lines and white letters on black. So you can see that that cut all the way around. Um, you know, just great looking, you know, inking on hair, on metal, on fur, on clothing. Uh, even, even the fact that, um, the, the floor and the left wall and, uh, and the desk on panel one, right? The wall on the left and the granite, it's granite. The wall on the left and the desk is granite and those little dots. And then the slightly broken line for the Cobra insignia on the floor, right? That's, that's stone or marble. Right. And, you know, here's my cranky old man comics complaint. You know, they don't make comics like they used to. But I feel like a lot of artists, particularly ones who are either drawing digitally or uh, relying on colorists to do um, more sort of storytelling. Um, uh, I feel like a lot of artists nowadays in comics wouldn't ink those two surfaces, those two textures. Uh, differently from each other and differently from the rest of the story. They just sort of let the colorist comp in some like fake texture for marble, some fake texture for granite. So um, panel one is sort of the least exciting um, in this page, but it's, it's, it's my favorite. Yeah. Great issue. Great page. Really mm -hmm. good example. Yeah. Yeah, that both. Issue. 
yeah sort of one of those pages where you know you could read it sort of 30 plus years ago maybe not even read it again since and you look at it and it instantly recognizable brings oh yeah of those uh, nostalgic pangs okay here's an interesting uh an interesting page because of its uh significance in terms mm -hmm. of the, the story well, of snake eyes and also interesting is you said that you basically quit with issue 100 and this is what 144 i, I did but i actually bought this one recent not too long ago and read it and uh because of the origin and uh it was awesome so especially since i had the page before i bought before i read the issue so i've never read this oh, really nope, <laughs> that's, the, that's the order to do it get the art and then yeah. read the issue afterwards. and the art is awesome the the marks on his clothing the way they do it um let me find that yeah I, it looks like it looks like they've really gone into using some interesting texture techniques actually yes. on this page so uh did will risardo like chip wallace credits chip or something it looks like maybe even some sort of spray you know like a, a black uh, spray canister effect possibly that bottom part's probably done with a toothbrush and masking something yeah. to mask it off but i'm not sure what they did with his uh stuff on their clothing yeah it's it's definitely much different than uh any other page i have with what with what they did oh, let me uh let me zoom in you wanna whoa uh, there we go can't really it's like, tell it's like a rougher mm -hmm. huh. yeah but like see the... again and, and it's you know something that now the flex is creating like a raised yeah and the ground is kind of like uh ground is real like raised and rough huh but it's not like pasting on or anything it's almost like it's uh whatever effect they use with the ink yeah i i my my bet and i you know I, i'd say 90 percent certain on this one it was it's sort of like a um a, a spray paint or something like like that that they would have used that they would have masked masked off the bits that they didn't want to get the the paint on and then sort of had us had a spray and then it is uh, like almost like a brush though like they squat yeah. you know a toothbrush yeah or as, as jay said it, it could have could have definitely definitely could have been a toothbrush type effect as as well it's hard to get just to get the density from a from a toothbrush probably that uh the precision and uh yeah or airbrush as uh as bart suggests yeah right. could could easily have been a, an airbrush instead yeah so <laughs> I pulled that one out because of the oh. and the... But I also wants to know, is he putting is he putting out the fire on his face on her boobs? <laughs> oh, dear. He's thinking if I'm going out. Possibly. He's I'm, motorboating one more. I'm time. going out. Happy. <laughs> I'm going out. This is how I want to go out. But, I knew uh, I liked yeah, Snake for, Eyes for a reason. Well, what's crazy is he gets his head like blown up in this, and then he gets it down in uh, that one island. He gets... He gets in the house fire and his house here his face is on fire again. It's issue like uh twelve or third. I think it's twelve or Quinn. The issue with Quinn. I have okay. that I yeah. have that page in my collection where he's running on fire with his head on fire because the house was on fire and 
Um, See, that's why Snake Eyes works because he's a tragic hero. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's scarred. He's ugly. He's Quasimodo. He can't talk. Fire just finds its way to his head every he's, year. Yes. <laughs> he, he's a, a magnet for fire and, and, and death and tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> like when he's, still, he's still one of the good guys. Yeah, great yeah. memories. Uh, I'm just, I'll hold up uh, for expediency. Let's this is what we're talking about from paid. Oh, got rid of myself. Uh, from issue 12, it's that yes. sequence there. Yeah, where, I have that page too. So, in fact, I bought that one on eBay, you know, 10, 15 years ago, 15 years ago. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, for those people less familiar with this, this story is a you know it is later on in uh, in 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 the run that uh, yeah issue 144. It's essentially a flashback retelling yes. of um, you know Snake Eyes being involved in that helicopter explosion, and they expanded out the story you know beyond the point that they'd kind of revealed before in the origins, just to to sort of show that he was on this. Uh, hostage mission and, and after the accident he you know, sort of wrapped up his face and charlie mike uh, writing cm in the sand and continuing the mission and uh you know and that proceeding. is the guy who was rescuing was his sister's uh fiance, fiance. Yeah. yeah and his sister i've heard people say like that you know one of the nice things about collecting is everybody's got their own kind of collection and you know we all probably have our own personal continuities uh for me, this is outside of that personal <laughs> continuity. I'm kind of with Paul. I, th I think for me, like what I consider canon really even probably ends shortly after 100. There's a lot of stuff that happens after that that I just don't know about. And Weird. like for me, like, you know, like in my head canon, uh, yeah. that stuff just. Like, right. I don't know. Firefly connection is negligible. No characters mm -hmm. died. No joke yeah. characters died. For me, because I quick kick's still alive, Doc right. is still alive, exactly. Breaker's yeah. still alive. Yeah, Firefly isn't a green ninja guy. Yeah, they fact, ninja force doesn't green. exist. I sold a <laughs> page that had the had them walking through the cemetery in one of the later issues. Yeah, Locker and rock and roll, like looking at people's tombstones, and I'm like, I sold to a guy who really wanted that for Memorial Day, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. I've never read it. I don't want to know about it. I'll sell it to you. Here you go. There you go. Get it out of my collection. <laughs> it's just like Never this. I was, I was like, I don't feel like Snake Eyes' origin needs any more added to it. We don't need the... I've never read yeah. a declassified miniseries. I, I didn't feel like it was needed. Right. Or that this it's, story was needed. Just, this, this story is confusing just because of the way it features yeah. like Viper and I've, things like that. Which yeah, is a kind of and I didn't understand. Why is there guys in it that are a lot later... When this was supposed to happen earlier on, like there's Vipers and there's uh, Wild Bill and there's uh, who else is in there? Uh, and just the whole thing with his sister being engaged to this guy. And you never got the impression in 26 that she was that old. You know, I mean, right. she was like the same age as twin sister, right? Wasn't it supposed to yeah, be? Yeah, twin sister. I was so, talking like this little girl. So she'd be the same age as Snake Eyes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I suppose she could, <laughs> could have been married. But just like in the comics, Mike. Figures and at, I don't have like, yeah. I started turning neon in 89, 99. I don't have any of those neon figures. I have some I of the nice, like, mail away special ones, like Steel Brigade and Goldhead Steel Brigade and the Ninja Viper. I have those cool ones, but I don't have the version two, version three, version four of all these where they just made them 
crazy with all these neon weapons and on the trees and yeah. I just no, it's not to me. That's when GI Joe got you know jumped the shark and that's they went out of you know they stopped making them in '94 because people weren't you know you could still get those mint on card for like thirty bucks because nobody wants they some people want them but yeah. I don't want them now. And not have you have yep. you been tempted to dip I'm right there with you, man? The, into the later stuff like the 25th anniversary or the GI no, I'm only I only like O-ring. I do not like the non-O-ring figures. So oh, you don't have any of the modern stuff. Not non not not o, unless it has an O-ring. I have a lot of I've started been I've been picking up more of the O-ring conventions exclusives like Big Lob is cool hmm. and uh, you know the Hotwire and Tiger Force Beachhead the Dreadnought Escape uh, package. But those are all O-ring. I just don't. To me, GI Joe is O-ring. It's not those other ones. I just don't. I can't get into them. So I'm glad because that's just more money I'd be spending. <laughs> oh, exactly. Only so much. Yeah. Money, so much money. You know. What an important page. Um. Something that. Um. Something that GI Joe did as a comic, as a Marvel comic in the 1980s, that um, other Marvel comics of the 1980s did is uh, origins and stories were at times revisited. So, you know, this is a scene from uh, 26, 27, and it's being told again in 144 and there's a slightly different angle on it, or it's expanded. And, uh, you know, some of this happens because a writer in a comic um, wants to modernize, you know, it's like, uh, you know, John Byrne is writing and drawing this definitive run on uh, the Fantastic Four in like 83, 84, 85. Um, and, uh, you know, is addressing some things that Stan Lee and Jack Kirby did with Fantastic Four between issues one and, what is it, 109? You know, in the first, like, nine years of that comic, right? And then you have the 70s in between. and um, So um, this is a thing that happens in comics. It happens in Marvel Comics. Um, sometimes you do it because uh, it's been five or ten years, and uh, there are, are newer readers who don't actually know the story. And, you know, in that era, there weren't graphic novel collections of old issues uh, and there weren't always cheap reprints. You know, you just had to save up your money and buy the original issues. And maybe they were eight bucks or 15 bucks at your store or mail order or at a convention. So um, some of this is is a writer just retelling some story for for the audience um, where it's a little unusual with G.I. Joe is that, of course, Larry Hama was writing the comic at issues 26 and 27 and also again still at 144. Um, uh, this issue really packed a punch when I read it originally. I was I was so excited that we were getting this Snake Eyes flashback. Um, I liked how crisp and clean the art was after several, there's my cat, after several rough uh, issues with the Transformers crossover. Um, uh, uh, this you know, and you know, you can't beat this big final panel, which is this, uh, just it just packs a punch, right? Like we're so worried about Snake Eyes, we're so uh, relieved uh, that he's saved Scarlet. Um, mm, mm. Got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. 
Uh, cool. Let's move on to the last one in the selections we've got today. Uh, and it's a good one to finish on because it is the last page of the last issue, uh, the grand finale to uh, issue 155, where uh, Larry, uh, you know, had his swan song for the Joes for a good seven years, well, seven years until Frontline, and then, right. you know, years beyond that when until we got to to 155.5. Uh, right. And again, this um, is one I've never read. Never read, wow. It's a, yeah, an interesting. I've heard it's good. It's an interesting, an interesting issue. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got uh, Phil Gozier who did a lot of those last few issues, and his his style yeah, is probably a bit of an acquired taste. It kind yeah, of reminds less... me of a. He's like trying to be like McFarlane there. Yeah, mm, that's what I thought yeah, this I was think... at first. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't know that he's necessarily you know such a great fit for 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 GI Joe as a as a as a whole, I don't mind it in the later this, issues like this. Yeah, because I'm not, you know, as, as a collector, I'm not into them that much, and it's kind of nice to see something different. And as an artist, you know, who is that supposed to be? But uh, um, but yeah, but I think Larry Hammer's storytelling generally sort of sees sees through, regardless of, I guess, how you'd yeah. feel about the art that it's strong enough, particularly in this issue. Uh, that is um, Sean Collins mom oh, in okay. the top left hand corner so she's just received a letter from uh from snake eyes addressed to her her son sean collins there are some nice pages of art from the issues 100 to 155 um and the art is a lot bigger too than the Mar the earlier marvel pages oh wow okay it's, it's bigger it's uh, uh i wonder why the though they're using different the page the if you look it's it's the the you know the boards they're using are different the brand like, yeah they switched over in the 90s to like the these bigger um full mm. size pages it's only i would say it's only like an inch maybe an inch taller two inches at the most but also no, they're not cut like the 80s issues are they, they they're trimmed because they when they mm -hmm. printed them they stuck them on like whatever they taped them on boards and then then they they whipped uh, them off yeah, yeah they, well yeah they used a, with a, with a like a stanley knife, knife or something yeah box cutter probably yeah they went yeah. they cut them off so you see most of the pages from the 80s a lot of them have tops or bottoms trimmed up or corners cut off and, like the one that we looked at the spirit page of few. yeah yeah and that's common. That is very common. It doesn't depress. It doesn't. If it doesn't affect the art, it doesn't have any effect on the price. Or oh, really, it's one of a kind art. And yeah, you know, it's, it's a shame, but it's not like you can get an alternative. Yeah. And, and and the nice part is art isn't graded by you know the quality of the paper and all this stuff. Obviously, if it's been damaged from you know uh, coffee cup water or mold <laughs> or something, you know, it's going to seen a lot of pages out. with coffee. Yeah, stains and yeah. fingerprints oh, and stuff. But there are people that can restore pages, and, and, yeah. and restored pages don't really count as uh, restoration in a comic book because they are one of a kind. It doesn't really affect it too much because you know it's a lot of cleaning, you know, cleaning, or you're not talking about repairing, you know, over repairing. But uh, um, you're not taking like. It's not like they can take it a page from an old issue and put it into a, 
another issue, like in a comic, you know, to, to fix a fix a action one or, or yeah, you know, it's different with art. Obviously, right. the quality has to still be there. It has to be the page. But if you took a page that was soiled and got it cleaned, it probably will get what it's supposed to get at auction anyway. So huh. yeah, yeah. There's 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 scales and degrees. It's like sort of, if it's know, if, if it's, if it's valuable. Yeah, if it's, if it's sun, for example, issue. yeah, if it's like sun damaged, for example, and then someone's got got another inker to almost go over the inks and, and redraw the page effectively, then it kind of starts getting in a bit more of a gray area. But yeah, that's uh, not one. That is, <laughs> people like clean it and and fix the tears and things like that. With those are the things that are not considered like uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't want somebody tracing retracing over a page or something. That's not. There are a lot of down in the corner of that page. That's signature in the right corner. We got a signature down, down here. That's signature, yeah. That. Colbush. He signed a lot of his pages. And that's Gozier, you said? Or... Oh, is that Gozier? I don't uh, know. Is that, is that... It could easily be... Um, oh, could it be? Easily I think been... that's Colbush, the anchor. Okay. Colbus yeah, quite quite often they would they would uh, between the uh, the penciler and the inker they'd split the pages for sale. Yeah, so William Williams know, so did the, that. The, the penciler would get half, the inker would get half, and then it would typically be the person that sells it that signs oh, okay. it when they when they sell it at the cons. Um, so and stuff. Yeah. so I'm, I'm yeah so I imagine this was probably yeah so, you know, sold sold originally at a con or something by the by the inker. That's why. Where you've got his signature. Yep. Issue 155 was hard. Uh, I read the news that summer. I think it was the end of July or early August that G.I. Joe was canceled. And so jump ahead two and a half months. And it, I think the issue comes out in uh, October. And uh, it's a good issue. And I was bummed that you know some um recent and long-standing plot threads weren't going to get wrapped up but what a what a great what a powerful final issue um and paul what a what an amazing object to own right via howie um the final page of the final issue i have a couple pages from issue 155 which is why i'm not salivating more that you own this one uh and i should say i own the sort of what for me is the most important page of, of 155. Um, also why I'm not salivating here. Um, uh, so, um, you know, uh, Phil Gozier, you know, his art is much more influenced by 1990s artists. You know, the, the final year of GI Joe looks really different. What a contrast, right? In this episode of talking Joe to go from, you know, Bob McLeod inking Herb Trimpey or, you know, others inking Herb Trimpey to um, something that looks more like, you know, Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, you know, the, you know, the, the more aggressive inking, look at the hair in panel one, you know, the, the clouds and the moon and the, the, the close-up mountains in panels two and three. Um, um, and yet, uh, you know, uh, Gozier packs a punch, um, telling the story uh, really effectively. This really dramatic. I mean, can you imagine ending a series 
And, you know, like, what's the final page of G.I. Joe Special Missions, right? It's all the Joes on the deck of the of the flag, like, um, you know, standing around for, like, a photo op for you, the reader, right? And, you know, what's the final page of Transformers from 1991 or so? You know, like, Optimus Prime has saved the day, right? Um, what's, the, what's the final page? What's the final panel of G.I. Joe? A locked... You know, just just wow. Yeah, there we go. So um thank you very much for taking the time and yeah, thank uh, you guys. This letting us delve into your yeah, a lot of really collection. Thank you. And uh exploring your room as well, because uh <laughs> what's the black jet up there? I keep what's looking the around. night boomer uh, uh okay, night that's Force. the black sky striker. Yeah, night force sky striker. Man, I hadn't even seen that until a few months ago, and I was just like, Whoa, what is that? That's another thing I wasn't really that it was out of my range, but going back in, I'm like, Oh, I appreciate night force. I'm gonna get them all. And not all <laughs> yeah. the, I don't like see, all I never them. liked Tiger Force, I never was. I mean, I kind of liked it, but it I didn't go I for the repaint the teams reprint. like that when I was a kid, right? Yes. I like, always thought they were going back now and looking at it. As a kind kid. of just, you know, like I saw that plane and was like, oh, yes, a black Sky Striker. That's incredible. The reason I didn't buy Special Missions Brazil when it came out at Toys R Us, because I'm like, I have all these characters. Yeah. For the one guy who kind of looks like these other two guys. Why am I going to spend $20 on this box? Wasn't that Captain Claymore? Claymore. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Now what, what have you got? What have you got on the on the wall? Actually, the in the frame, the artwork framed. Oh, up that's there. Sergio uh, Aragonés. Oh, Gru stuff. Yeah. Uh huh. The Gru stuff. Yep. So interrupting your with a little bit of deviation. <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, yeah, we'll wrap up. So if people want to find out, find you and more of your stuff, what's the best place? Is it over on um, CAF? Probably on CAF Comic Art Fans. Um, you can email me through there. So. Um, I'm on a lot of the Facebook oh, art era, everything GI Joe yours now. Um, the art of Mike Zach is a nice Facebook group. Um, oh. there's a GI Joe comic collectors group. Um, Oh, there's tons of Joe. Yeah. Joe yeah. Um, era, the era group is probably the biggest for these yeah. toys. GI Joe, a real American hero Facebook group. I think they have like 20,000 or something members, maybe more. Um, so that's the one I'm on a lot, but uh, CAF is probably comicartfans.com is probably the hmm. easiest way to get get in touch and take a look at the rest of the art I have on there. Cool, and so. there will be a link in comments below to to directly find that. Uh, Jay, where can people find you? Break Room Sketches on Facebook. That's the place, and uh, yeah, if people want to have only just discovered us and want to find us, it the place to go is talkingjoe.co.uk it's got the links to all of the social media uh, and all of the podcasts and uh, videos thank you paul for joining us thank you uh fans and viewers for watching thank you mark for editing me in uh hello jay i'm sure it was great uh and uh uh Find me uh, at arealamericanbook.com and my comic book store. Uh, we're going to reopen in a couple of weeks. Uh, find us at hubcomics.com when in Somerville, Massachusetts, come to Hub Comics. Um, so I think that is us done. 
And when <laughs> all is said and done, you can catch us down the road. Thanks, guys. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> you screwed it up, Paul. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's not the catchphrase. You screwed it We've up. We've been talking, Joe. And we're all we, out of Joe's. <laughs> we are definitely out of Joe's for now, <laughs> at any rate. So thanks, Paul. Thanks, all Jay. Right. And thanks, Bart. Thanks, The Sarge. And mm -hmm. see you down the road. Uh,